Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? You were having a freaking game. Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hi, welcome in to a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, also 9.30. You can find us online, PR927FM.com, and watch the show, be a part of the show on youtube and on facebook live like john moody is uh by him saying uh, let me start by saying congrats to clip on having the big call of the fifth quarter on saturday night with the special teams take hashtag team clip all right thanks john we'll revisit some of that yeah I'd like uh, to folks hear, missed it i'd like to hear that again clip me and billy and uh chandler yelling at each other people really enjoyed that so i told you it's my kid's favorite part yeah when we start yelling at one yeah. another, that's when people really get entertained by the show. So yeah. uh, we'll uh, revisit that later on in today's program. We've got uh, a lot of players to talk to inside the Players' Lounge. Pirates coming off a disappointing loss to Tulane. We'll talk to Ryan Jones in about 15 minutes. Xavier Smith later on, hour number one. Miles Berry joins us at 4 o'clock. Jeremy Lewis at 4.30. Isaiah Winstead at 5.30. We'll also talk to double b brian bailey during today's show troy i've not introduced you yet please uh refrain from speaking we got shirley Rhodes here chandler honeycutt and troy d can't wait to get in troy what's up good to see you clip i was gonna say big news today we can finally stop getting spammed by susan with the hashtag fire matt rule because he's been she got her wish her wish has been delivered mission accomplished yeah. first nfl coach fired in 2022 matt rule is out yeah. in carolina which is the trend you know there are a lot of college coaches are fi- have been fired early now now it's creeping into the nfl this is an early firing in the season for an nfl team he has you a know, huge as far as usually it's the end of the season when they let these guys go a huge payout for his contract and i saw uh pro football talk said that you go ahead and make this move now and then maybe a a college team will hire him, and they won't have to pay him as much. I I heard Bailey mention it at the end of his show. When you say huge, that means huge is different things to different people. But I heard Bailey say the Panthers owe him over eight hundred thousand. I was like, a year? That doesn't seem right. And he said a month for the next like forty two months. Eight hundred thousand dollars, over eight hundred thousand dollars. It's like eight hundred thirty thousand. Eight hundred thirty-four thousand dollars um, for forty-eight months. A month. Take it. Take it. I run mean, with it. Could Matt. you? I mean, let's just play a quick. Could you imagine? Very quick. All right, we'll move on. We'll do it later. Let's get to yeah. the uh, Pit Electric Live line because we do have a bigger name on the other line. We got to talk to East Carolina quarterback Holden Aylers. He joins us inside the Delcor Players Lounge here on a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Holden, how you doing today? Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, Holden, coming off the loss to Tulane, uh, obviously got to bounce back quick because Memphis isn't going to wait. They're going to be here on Saturday. So what was the, uh, the your Sunday like as you uh, try to get over that loss to Tulane? Yeah, uh, we, we, it was a, a bitter pill to swallow. We had to watch the film and, and figure out what went wrong and then get on once you're done with the film. I mean, that, that game is done with. you got to move on from it. So, uh we're, we're already on to Memphis. Uh, I was just watching film on them, and they're a good football team. There's a good football team coming in here, but 
uh, we're going to have to play our best to win it, and that's what we're going to have to do. Holton, this is Troy. I don't want to dwell on last week as uh, we've got a big game coming up here in Greenville at uh, night game, 7.30 kickoff, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. But I do want to uh, touch on last weekend. You mentioned you look at the tape, you guys try and decipher what went wrong and then move on, learn from it. After looking at the tape and uh, talk with the coaches and, and your teammates, what, what do you feel went wrong on Saturday? Yeah, it's got to be better. I mean, I, th- I thought we started off good on offense and we were moving the ball good and they made adjustments and honestly quite honestly we did we didn't really make too many adjustments so uh when we all got to be better and and, that, and we know that and we've seen that on film now and you know when when other teams make adjustments we got to make adjustments too to, to be able to win the game Holton Naylor's joining us holding on the throw to Hatfield in the end zone I, I thought Brock Osweiler did a pretty good job former quarterback breaking it down and they showed the replay and he, he said if if Ehlers delivers this ball a little earlier this is a touchdown. When you went back and watched it, did you see that? Should you have gone somewhere else? What happened on that pick to uh, Hatfield in the end zone? No, no, he was right. If I would have got rid of it earlier, um, it, it would have been there. And we, we worked on that play, you know, open field, really. I, it was more of an open field play. We worked on it. and We, we hadn't worked on it as close as we had. Uh, as we were against Tulane, it was a big post ball, so it was a five-step drop. And um, I should have just – I did. I saw him open and, and wasn't at the end of my drop yet, and I should have just ended my drop early and made the throw. But instead, you know, I continued with the five-step drop, and it was just a little late, just because. I mean, he he would have been out of the end zone if I would have got, you know, fully through it um, and thrown it like like we did during practice. So uh, it was an open field play, and I took an open field drop for it, and just the space crowded up. And uh, by the time I was at the end of my drop, it was almost too late. I should have moved on with the read, and I made the throw. Holden Naylor's joining us, breaking it down from Saturday and holding so many plays that could have gone a different way and the game might have gone different, but you capped off a great drive with a Ryan Jones touchdown and that was called back due to an eligible man downfield. You had the third down stop on defense and then Xavier Smith gets a penalty and uh, and they end up scoring. Tulane scores a touchdown on that. Uh, missed extra point, field goal uh, blocked. Like So many things that just kind of had you going the wrong way on Saturday and you're going to face a lot of adversity during a game, but it seems like you guys faced a ton of it on Saturday. Yeah, we did. Uh, I mean, quite honestly, this wasn't our day. Uh, I mean, none of us really played to the ability that we could have. And, uh, I mean, we feel like as a team, we, we, we are all need to be held accountable for it. And, uh, I mean, we, we just didn't play good enough to win. We didn't deserve to win that game Saturday. Holton, a uh, chance for the Pirates to bounce back this weekend against a homecoming game with Memphis, East Carolina, an early favorite. And uh, really an important game for this program to, to extend the season, to be able to get to bowl eligibility, which is one of the goals of this team. So I, I don't have to tell you how important every one of these games is, but uh, this is a key one Saturday if East Carolina is going to be able to get to uh, the bowl season. Yeah, it is. Uh, you find out a lot about teams and a lot about people when they're back against the wall and um, you know, when they're going through adversity. So we're going to figure out what this team's about. I mean, we're going through some adversity right now, you know, clearly – no one on our team thought we were going to be three and three at this point, and we had uh, some some pretty big goals going into the season. So um, we're, we're facing some adversity right now, but uh, we're going to figure out you know who in that locker room wants to fight and, and who wants to give in, and 
we're going to continue with the guys that want to fight and, and turn the season around. And it's the, the coach's responsibility to keep everybody's heads up in these times and moving forward. And Holden, I know you uh, take it upon yourself to be that leader on the offense, one of the leaders, a lot of veterans on this team. So, you know, is it uh, how, how difficult is it now to, to kind of rally the troops? Still a lot of football left, so a lot to play for. But, uh, you know, is it tough to keep everybody's heads up when you, you lose a game like you did Saturday? No, I don't think so. I mean, guys are probably more motivated now than they've ever been because I mean, we have big expectations for ourselves and for the team, um, especially offensively. We we got a lot of weapons, and we got we got to learn how to use them. And if a team stops one thing, we can't just the game can't just be over. We got to be able to adjust and and make different plays and get guys open in different routes and stuff like that. So it's a team effort. Uh, we definitely got to um, you know play play better as a team, and you know whatever's called, we got to be able to adjust to it and, and win games. Holden, how are you feeling uh, physically? I know we ask you that every every week, but uh, every week's a new week. So, how are you doing on the uh, health side? Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, it's that middle of the season. Maybe uh, I'm sure you know every every player in the country is hurting some part of their body. So that's just kind of how it is. And you know, it gets better in the week, and then you, you restart type thing. You know, kind of like we've said all year. But I mean, I'm moving around good for a Monday, and uh, just keep getting better until Saturday. Holden Naylor's joining us. Holden, uh, Rajay Harris will join us coming up Tuesday on the show, and uh, he will have surgery coming up on Thursday. I know Marlon Gunn a little banged up in the game on Saturday. How's uh, Marlon doing right now? He's doing good. Yeah, he, he's in the training room, kind of like the rest of the holding team is, to be honest with you. So uh, he'll be he'll be ready to go Saturday, and uh, we're going to need him. Yeah, obviously, you know, Keaton can't take all the snaps, and, and he's banged up in his own right, so um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's just getting that first taste of college football, and how that is of you know getting something, getting an injury, or you know being hurt a little bit, but you know having to play through it. And a lot of times in high school, you don't get hit, you don't get hit like you do in college. So um, it's just just a learning curve for kind of those younger guys. But he's definitely done a really good job at that. Saw Camaro Edmonds get out on the field uh, late on Saturday. How's he coming along? Another run, uh, young running back there in the stable. Yeah, same thing with him. I mean, he's got to learn about college football and kind of how it is and the playbook and stuff like that. But he's super talented. He's definitely going to get his chance. I mean, any time you have a, a running back like Rajay go down, you're going to have to have guys step up. And Marlon's done a really good job of that. And, uh, I mean, Camaro's definitely going to have his time when, when the time's right. Hopefully going to be able to burn some rubber down the road clip. That's pretty good. Camaro Evans. Pretty good. Thank you. Edmonds. Edmonds, sorry. Yep, no problem. Just learning. You know, he's newer. Oh, you're still learning. <laughs> That's right. Just I'm like still, Camaro Hey, is. look, we all make mistakes. Yeah. Things happen. Uh, so halfway down with the season, you said three and three isn't where you want you uh, where you want to be, Holton. But, again, still a lot to play for. Memphis coming up. Were you guys able to watch any of that Memphis game? Man, they're coming in here probably angry. They had that one won against Houston and then gave up two touchdowns in two minutes to lose it. Did you uh, Did y'all watch that one live on Friday? Yeah, the ending of it. Uh, a couple of us had the had the chance to at least me and Flynn did. We're roommates. And we were watching it. So yeah, that was a, that was a crazy game. I'm sure they're not too happy about how they played the last, literally the last two minutes of the game. Cause, I mean, they were pretty much dominating that whole game until the final final couple minutes. So uh, they're a good team. I mean, they're they're going to contend for the conference championship this year, and uh, we're going to have to you know play our best game and you know get this bad taste out of our mouth Saturday. Holden, well, good luck Saturday, man. We'll be pulling for you, and uh, hopefully, as we said, a chance for a, a bounce back this weekend here in Greenville, and then uh, have another one back-to-back, so two more back-to-back games here uh, in Greenville, both night games, so at least uh, be able to enjoy and sleep in your own bed for the next few weeks. 
For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you guys for having me. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, Holton. Holton Naylor's joining us. East Carolina coming off that loss to Tulane. And I uh, was hoping I'd be wrong. I picked to uh, Tulane 28-24. Troy, you were uh, kind of on the fence, uh, but then you found out uh, East Carolina would wear white helmets, and yep. you decided to pick Tulane. I did. Uh, I, I had a bad feeling about it when I saw the white helmets. And I know, look, we joke around about you know the white helmets don't win or lose you a game. But for whatever reason, if you look at the stats, we did not do well playing in white helmets. Uh, the the winning percentage is atrocious. In white helmets, I know they're going to have white helmets again today, or coming up this weekend with yeah. the throwback pirate script on the side. It'll be the first time they've worn the pirate script like that. I think since like the uh, probably go, got to go back to about the mid '80s, maybe, uh, maybe 1988 would probably be the last time that uh, that that logo was on the side of a helmet. But I don't have a good feeling. You know, I don't. I don't. I just don't like them when they wear the white helmets. These might be a little bit different because they've got a different logo on it. So maybe they could pull it off against Memphis. That wasn't the only reason. But um, I hate that we were right. I do have a much better feeling about this week, Clip, as far as uh, East Carolina. Despite the helmets. Despite the helmets, uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I think East Carolina is going to win this weekend. I'll give you a score on Thursday. But uh, I do like the Pirates' chances. And unfortunately, I think it just felt like. And I've talked with a lot of folks. I know. uh, You know, we had a. A lot of people engaged in the fifth quarter and appreciate everybody that was tuned in and was a part of that. I think the problem was this Tulane game. The other losses this season really should have been wins if you look at it. I mean, NC State, you're one play away from that being a win. Basically, Navy, the same thing. Pirates should have gone into that game un, you know, uh, undefeated. This Tulane game was the first game and the first loss of the season that was a legit loss. There's no sugarcoating that game. There's no oh, if one thing happens here, one thing happens here. Now it was it was a a, a bunch of things that went the wrong way for East Carolina. It wasn't any one thing. It was a mistakes on defense. It was a mistakes in special teams. It was mistakes on offense. So the the Tulane loss was a legit loss, and I thought Tulane was is a good team. I mean, they played well. Um, but this was the first time it felt like East Carolina almost took a step back, if you want to say, <clears throat> this season. And I think that's what concerns people. Yeah, and we hope that – and we feel like – and, of course, we're better than we were under previous leadership. But we want to feel like we're going in the right direction. Yeah, and when a, I say – I meant take a step back this season. I don't want to say as a program. Well, yeah. I don't want that misconstrued. We uh, – uh, we we had a caller the other night that said, well, last year we beat Navy. This year we lost to Navy. Last year we beat Tulane. This year we lost to Tulane. If we lose to Memphis, last year we beat Memphis. You, we are literally going in the wrong direction because we beat those teams last year. Well, so, I mean, well, let's, let's see what happens this weekend, and I think there's still a lot of football to be played. So uh, if the Pirates can reel off some wins here, it, it changes a, a lot of things. But as Holton said, nobody expected them, uh, including himself and his teammates, to be 3-3 three and three at this point. And now you you got to get to 6. If you don't get to yeah. 6, it's I think that's a disappointment a in, at this point. And I would say everybody's eyes, including yeah. the coaches and players. Yeah, you get to six, you go to a bowl game, you win the bowl game. If you can finish seven and six, you know you, you've got something to build on, and there's still some momentum in the program. But you get less than six wins, man. I, I think people are going to be uh, with, with what the potential was with this team, very let down. And it's getting late, early, or early, late, late, early. It's getting late, early, Troy. It's definitely getting darker early with the sun, <laughs> yes. which I've noticed. And now we've got the freaking time, the freaking time change coming up. I know it's going to be another hour earlier. Four. They are doing away with that next year, but not till next year. But even that, the days still get shorter in the winter. 
thank you you know for explaining you're welcome did you see the moon last night speaking of uh, i did nature it was a it uh, was a wow i was like it almost looked fake a beautiful evening it lit yeah. up the skies saw the clouds uh blowing through it was yeah. it was lovely looked like a movie set all right let's get a break in because when we return we got to talk to ryan jones east carolina tight end i tweeted that ryan jones had caught his fifth touchdown in five games and then flag on the play and i know he Man, did not get that touchdown yeah uh we'll talk about uh, what happened against tulane also look ahead to memphis when we return delcor players lounge edition of pirate radio live we're back with ron jones after this listening to hour one of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear now back to the show Welcome back. University PC Care has been Pirate Nation's go-to IT expert since 2006, and they are the local tech support experts for any of your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Players Lounge Monday. A lot of guys to catch up with throughout this three hours. Also, uh, score on the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by dub buck dub buck uh happy thanksgiving to our canadian friends out there crazy canadian thanksgiving they have canadian thanksgiving they do i did not and know it's that. today hmm. ottawa the red blacks leading the montreal alouettes 21 to 15 former pirate justin hardy 10 catches for 71 yards just caught a two-point conversion he is having a day similar to his days here in greenville i seriously thought thanksgiving was a uniquely american holiday do they call it canadian thanksgiving it might mean something else to them but they do have a oh, thanksgiving okay and there's justin hardy on a punt return looking you might, good by the way you might notice the dreads. you might Check notice something different about justin hardy his number that he's 18 and he has and then dreads also his hair coming out of his helmet he has hair which absolutely shocked Chandler. I was like, I was like, that's not Justin Hardy. I was like, that's not. He and can't then, grow hair. And then, like, he turned his head, and where you could see his face through his face mask, and I was like, that is Justin Hardy. Wow. And I uh, saw Dominique Davis enter the game earlier as a uh, backup quarterback too. So, got a couple of Pirates gave, up there playing today. Gave Justin Hardy his first career touchdown as a Pirate in Charlotte. Good memory, Chandler, against South Carolina. Well done. Uh, speaking of Charlotte and that stadium, boy, I don't know. If what it was a glorious Char- day! I boys. think it was Forty ers Stadium, whatever they call that. It was old Candlestick Park. Yeah, it, it looked is, like uh, it. Holy mackerel! It got I, say what you want about Panther fans, but they're not afraid to sell their tickets in a hurry. I saw somebody comment somewhere on Twitter yesterday that said, "I want to." I purposely, and he's a PSL owner, which means they're season ticket holders. He says, I purposely sell my tickets to the opposing fans so our owner wow. can see what he is doing to this franchise. I was talking to Ellerby about this at lunch today. We were amazed at how, you know, it's one thing like if it was 
uh, Atlanta or whatever, and their fans drove up, and it's not that far of a drive. They came from across the country. No, yeah. they did. I mean, there's 49ers fans yeah. everywhere. I went to a Washington game, and 49ers fans took over. Well, okay. Yeah, they didn't. And there's they quite a bit of 49ers fans in San Francisco. But I, I do think some of them probably came from California. Maybe a And few, a lot of these 49ers they must fans. have a huge national fan base, though. Yeah, I and mean, they all wear Rice and Montana jerseys. Yeah, that's, when they were, that's when their fandom was probably born back yeah. in those and days. And now they're the ones with expendable money to come to NFL games. Because they're all grown up. Uh, that was not the uh, only stadium taken over yesterday. Arizona, Arizona Stadium got taken over by Philly. And, of course, L.A. got taken over by Cowboys fans. Did you see the video when Arizona missed the kick? Yeah. The crowd People went, in green were going crazy. You would have thought that they had to move the game to Arizona. And they just said, all right, this is your home stadium. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. You talk about – I mean, I guess there's – which – you think about it, Philly Philly fans being in Arizona is kind of weird. Maybe some of these folks did travel, but like no, they, that's a travel I think case. They do I travel. believe, yeah. yeah. Uh, For but, Dallas, they have their training camp out there in California, and there's Cowboys fans everywhere, so they're probably locals that just overtook that uh, SoFi Stadium. But it's a good thing the Titans uh, don't have any fans, or they would have overtaken FedEx Field yesterday. Now that sets up a matchup between the. Um, as Bailey likes to call them, the Commodores. Commodores. And the Bears for Thursday night football on Amazon Prime. This may be the first time the Prime numbers go down. Yeah, it's going to be a rough week for those Primers yeah. out there. So, I like, although the Bears look really good I in mean, the second half, I got to be honest. They came back, they were like looking t- like they were just going to get absolutely murdered by the Vikings in the at halftime. Let's do a Justin and, Fields stat check. They, they came back and they rallied and, ju- you know, they probably should have beaten the Vikings, which would have been an absolutely huge upset. But I really like their chances against uh, Washington now. He got more uh, than 10 completions, right, Clip? He was 15 of 21. That's a lot. Yeah. With a touchdown. And if you look at it, I guarantee you most of those stats came in the second half. He was also the team's leading rusher. So 47 yards rusher. But Montgomery's back. Um, I, I mean, I, I tell you, if they could just get it together a little bit, they've got some pieces there. So, but, but want to make a wager for Thursday night? Nah, I mean, I think Washington could win. The Bears stink, Troy. They're not. They're if they can build on what I saw in the second half yesterday, they have potential. All right, but I don't have a ton of faith. Clip, Troy. There, they, this game Thursday has to be better than what we saw last Thursday. I think it has. To it be. has. Yeah, to I didn't be. watch last Thursday, but people were just saying it has to be that like they owe. Troy, it was Amazon one of the worst Prime people their money back or whatever. For, it was one of the worst football games I've ever seen in my life. Twelve it to might nine, be the no worst. touchdowns, yeah. multiple like four picks between the quarterbacks, awful decision making, bad coaching. They've had some terrible games on these Thursday nights. It had it all, and this Thursday is the worst matchup on paper. But I think the game will be better because you have two hilarious teams that are going to do boneheaded things. Yeah. Now I was watching. Uh, I had the Bears game. Uh, on my phone, but I was watching. I had NFL Network. Somehow I lost the red zone. I don't know what happened, but I used to have the red zone as part of my cable package. So I, I put on the NFL Network, and they're doing like I want to say almost like a poor man's red zone. Uh, have you seen what NFL Network yeah. does? It's pretty good. They show the, they don't necessarily bounce qu- as quickly, but they show all the games live, and they go from game to game. They've got the constant scoreboard on the side updates of all the other games I they show was, highlights as they happen yeah but they were showing sunday they were showing like real time like let's go let's go a live look in 
with the whatever game it was you know i think some one of it was um the atlantic game you know and they show part of it and then they bounce they come back and then they'll go to another game i just thought it was the first time i'd seen that i thought it was interesting yeah uh yeah i just watch red zone on sundays now yeah i don't even care about my team i hate them I, I wouldn't be upset if Ron Rivera is fired today or last week or two weeks ago. Like, he stinks. They stink. So, we're – all right. So, the Panthers are the first NFL team with an opening. Yep. And I'm going to say they're so, the only team that does that this year. The fires it before the season. In the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, who are the other candidates? You've got Ron Rivera What's the Washington. upside of firing Ron Rivera now, though? If they're going to fire – wait, let's see how the season plays out. Let him finish anyway. you got to have somebody coach. What's the I downside? Mean, what's the upside? What's the benefit to it? Um, going ahead and getting your search, search underway. underway. I guess that is the benefit, but I, I don't know. So He's, what's the down? What's the downside? Of well, that? let's see what happens the rest of the season. What if he reels off, you know, eight wins in a row? Then they'll have nine wins and be four back of Philly and Dallas. Who cares? All right, I was just saying. What if he gets the team hot going into next year? Either way, my point was: Who do you think the Panthers will go after? Um, Probably some coordinator. I mean, you got. I think they, they will definitely Brian stick. Flores. They will do. I'll tell you this: they'll stick with someone in the NFL. They will not go the college <laughs> they route. Will definitely not do that because you always no. pick the opposite of who you have. If you have a fat coach, you go skinny. Right. You know, it's always if you have a defensive coach, you go offense. They it's need just, to find a hot young coordinator. Looking names dude. that you'll see on the list in the NFL. In my in my opinion, would be Brian Flores. Is he not blackballed? Air, who? Is he blackballed right now? Like, is, is anybody going to hire him? Is he working he, anywhere? He's with the Steelers as he's an like assistant. an assistant. Yeah. yeah, then evidently not. And Eric Bieniemy, who's going to pop up in every single search. Whatever happened with this lawsuit? Been for I don't past. know. I guess it's ongoing. That's a good point. I yeah. remember that was out there for a while. And uh, just like every single search in the past couple of years, Eric Bieniemy will be a part of that. Both a Byron name, Leftwich and their defensive coordinator. A name that you will probably see as a candidate is Sean Payton. Yeah, that would be that's the uh, big fish out there. Right Sean now. Payton yeah. would be the big fish of the pool when it comes to candidates for this next uh, head coach in Carolina. All right, how about big name for college? A lot of college jobs are open. How about um, uh, Urban Meyer? Yes, I was going to say, is he top of the list as far as big names? I think Matt Rule is at or near the top of the list for a college job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it, obviously he doesn't have to work financially he's better off not unless he does one of these deals where he'll work for a dollar a year and they like push the contract back no i mean yeah. i think he would just go take a job and get you do. paid yeah. millions i mean either way you're getting millions yeah so, so you get paid to do nothing or you get paid i think these guys something. want a coach they do yeah and they, he doesn't want his legacy to be what happened with the panthers and he's still like relatively young like he can go back i saw a list today of guys who Came from college, stunk in the NFL, and went back and won in college. Yeah, Nick a lot of Saban, them. most notably. Sure. But you know, Steve Spurrier did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harbaugh did it. Jim yeah, Harbaugh. Good, good. But point. he actually won in the NFL. He did. He didn't stink in the NFL. He's one of the few guys that have have, have done it. Yeah. So and and I think which Matt is why really I wanted the, the Bears to get him. I thought he would have been a great coach for the Bears. Would have been a natural fit. Yes, I, I'm still disappointed they didn't look at that closer. But, yeah, I think uh, Matt Rule would go back and be good in college, and I think some team will give Urban Meyer a boatload of money to coach them, yeah. and he'll probably be good, too. He has in the past. So This is there weird looking at this football game on a but, soccer field. 
It's very distracting. A lot of lines, a lot of advertisements. Very distracting, by the way. The uh, the goalpost is in the middle of the end zone. Yeah, I don't. I hate that. Yeah, I'd I, always I be paranoid. I'd in run general. into it. So uh, yeah. yeah, not but, a fan of Canadian football. Gotta be honest. Those crazy but, Canadians. But it happened. Matt Rule is out, and also a part of the uh, kicking uh, kicking out of. Uh, firing going on today phil snow defensive coordinator has also been fired by the carolina panthers huh so they get a two for one yeah and as expected steve wilkes who was uh our defensive coordinator there after sean mcdermott took the buffalo bills job he will be the interim head coach he did coach one year in arizona before being fired after that one year if you thought your tickets were worthless before and you're a carolina panther psl owner just wait till the rest of the season well susan really, Deans, who's listening right now is one of those people they're really worthless now because now they've got nothing you know as far as the fans have completely given up on this team this year because these games are meaningless the rest of the season for the panthers they might mean something to the players that are fighting for a position or keep their jobs but the fans aren't going to give a damn about this team until next year yeah uh mike says bill cower was successful he had only coached in the NFL, didn't he? Yeah, where did he coach in college? He didn't. Did he have an assistant job at State or something? I don't think so. Pete Carroll, successful in the NFL, and he was a yeah, successful at USC. Yeah, he was good with the... Uh, the Trojans? Yeah, he was great at USC. Yeah. So he's, good point, Mike. He got, what, fired by who? The Jets in New England, and then went back, went to college, and then went back to the successful NFL, with and had the success Seahawks. with the Seahawks. Did yeah. Jeff Fisher, is, would he be one? Because I want to say, didn't he coach at Pitt before he went to the NFL? Or have I got him mixed up with someone else? No, but your uh, mustachioed guy, Dave Wanstead. That's did. who it is. Yeah. That's yeah. who it is. Who coached in the NFL. Okay, yeah, that's exactly Mike who says, I was thinking. Um, Cower was at NC State. Must have been as an assistant. I guess I don't remember that. You need to update his but Wikipedia. I, but I that's do, where he went to school. I don't. Know I do remember he's got. He owned a house, or still owns a house in Raleigh. Um. So there is there, there is some tie there. Cower began his coaching career under Marty Schottenheimer with the Browns. Oh. He never coached at State. Okay, so that's wrong information, Mike. But appreciate. Come it. on, Mike. But but he does have some tie to Raleigh for whatever reason. But I don't. He was also never a college. Head coach is what we're talking about. Uh, or assistant. Head coach in college, head coach in the NFL. Jimmy, but, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson was, yeah. yeah. Miami National Championship, Super Bowl with the Cowboys. He was the head coach at Oklahoma State and Miami. And then stunk with the Dolphins. But you can make a case he was successful at the highest levels at both college and pro. You can make a case, yeah. He's a champion in both. Correct. Yeah. I would that's, think that'd be an easy that's case why to I'm make. Making the case. Case <laughs> closed already. Yeah. I'm not going to argue that case. <laughs> okay. I'm going to. Uh, the, the jury has spoken. The defense rests on that one. <laughs> I'm not going to push back. All right. That was the case I was making. All right. Case made. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. Uh, trying to hook up with Ryan Jones. We'll also see if we can hook up with Xavier Smith coming up around 3:45. Might talk some special teams when we return. And our uh, heated moment the other night on the... Can we replay it? Yeah, I've got the audio. All right, let's hit that when we come back. Uh, We'll do that and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this.
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? We'll keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right, back with you. Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. Got Xavier Smith coming up, Miles Berry, Jeremy Lewis, Isaiah Winstead, and maybe Ryan Jones if we can hook up with him. Before we get out of here at 6 o'clock, Pirates coming off a loss to Tulane, and one of those things that crept up once again was the kicking operation. Missed field goal, blocked extra point. It's happening every week. Not very special special teams. Very ordinary. For uh, for ECU. I heard this debate you got. I call it a debate that y'all had in real time. Uh, I'd like to hear it again. And then uh, offer, I like all you guys. I like Weaver. I like Clip, And I like Chandler. And then I'll offer, uh, I'll weigh in who I think was right or wrong in this segment. All right, well, let's hear it from Saturday night on the fifth quarter. Yeah, and you know what? The, the One of the big problems is you don't have a special teams coordinator. That's just a special teams coordinator. You've got a coach that's also a defense. Uh, what Doust is Tim like, Doust. Uh, Tim Doust is, he's the special teams coordinator. He's also yeah, DNs and D-line. I think yeah. I think he's got three different titles. Let me tell you something. Uh, and, and Chandler, you know this as a specialist too. How much time in practice do coaches spend with specialists if they're not specifically a special teams coach? Well, I actually saw somebody uh, watching the game today at a, at a restaurant and said, well, we have a special teams coach. What, what, what's he doing? With the, and I, I'm like you, Billy. I don't think they're paying too much no. attention of how a holder holds the, the ball or how the kicker kicks the ball. Well, you, especially you, when they have. If you that's know, the case, if, then if we they have, have terrible coaches. That's ridiculous. Well, and that's the facts. But, but when facts. you have a coach that has coach, other that's, that's responsibilities, right. other than a special teams coach, the so last, they're not seeing what's happening. The last no, thing they're thinking about is a, how a holder holds the ball. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's how it is. It is. It can't be. Mike Houston has talked about this. State has a tight end special teams coordinator. We're not the only school in the country well, no, no, that has a split nobody, coach. Nobody said that we weren't the only team in the country. Most teams, because you've only got 10 assistant so coaches. So you think the problem is they're just not even worried, like practicing no, or worried about no, it. No, nobody said that. Come on, Clip. No, that's they're not, not what paying we're saying. as much of attention as they should be because their first priorities are their positions. And let me tell you what, special teams is all the way down at the bottom of the list. It is always has been All the right. problem, but when it becomes a problem, you've got to when move they're practicing. Them. When, clip, it when they're problem, practicing, right, clip, it became a problem. We clip, won. Right, clip, they when they're practicing on the priority list, that's kickers what I'm and holders about. and snappers are over there doing their thing. Doing their thing. Do you think Tim Douse is over there? Eyeing them down. I no. think after six straight weeks of this, then yeah, they've been trying I to figure agree. it out. He needs to be over there saying something, but but he's not. But prior, no. All right. When he has other responsibilities? Well, that is shocking no. news that ECU coaches don't care about what's happening with special teams. They're not even worried about Nobody it. Nobody said they didn't care. Well, they, they need a, to get on it quick. They don't care enough. There's a well, priority. What I'm saying now is they need to get on it quick. They don't care enough. There is a priority list. All right. And let me tell you what. As specialists, as former specialists, we know the specialists are not top priority until it becomes a problem. Then... Half well, it's a problem, Billy. Late. That's right, and it it's should a problem. be moved up in the on the priority list. The All specialist right. should be moved up on the priority list. 
317-1250. Donna is up in Virginia Beach. Hey, Donna. Hey, I'm coming in off of a heated discussion. How are you guys doing? Heated. Heated. <laughs> there you go from Saturday night. After uh, listening to it a, a second time, Cliff, I got to... I got to be honest. I think in many ways, you guys are both right. Um, I I think Billy's right in the fact that maybe early on, preseason, I don't think enough attention was given to special teams. I do think, Clip, in many ways, you're right. Those last couple weeks, I think there's been a lot of attention. It's October 10th. Put into special teams when these problems have crept up. Um, the, The issue is the attention isn't good enough. They need to make changes. And those changes haven't happened yet. And look, I, I'd have nothing against Owen Daffer. I think he's a great kid, but I think mentally he might look great in practice. And I'm hearing he does look great in practice, but it's not translating in a game. And it could be for a number of reasons. It could be there's issues with the snap. There's issues with the hold. Honestly, man, if I'm the coach, I'm changing it all out because whatever's going on right now ain't working. Well, right now we don't and, have another option, I don't think. Well, Brian I mean, Bailey the, said that we didn't have another I, kicker. The, then why do they list kickers on the depth chart? With the team. I they, think they, they have, have kicker, an injured kicker. They have kickers on the depth chart. I, I, I would put them, uh, move the next kid up in, in, in line or, the, or don't have a depth chart for kickers or open it up. The school has 25,000 people. Go ahead and have open tryouts if you need to. Well, according to Chandler, we're not even looking at snaps and holds at practice that's what they're supposed to know that they go before they get to college and during the off season they go to camps they got Chris Taylor kicking, Chris Rubio long snapping. They got all kinds of different long And the coaches snapping. just assume they got it they and throw tell it out on you the in field. The, they tell you in those camps, you get there, you know what to do. You don't have to be coached. You are specialized in what you do. Yeah, you These do one thing. These special teams coordinators. We do one they, thing. They coach. They get lined up for kick returns, kickoffs, other things. They're not going to sit there. The long snapper, the holder, and the kicker, the, fa- the fact that we're having to say, hey, Coach Dallas, you might want to go over there and check them out. That is a problem well, yeah, somewhere. I, I don't care who they, they put in. They shouldn't have to be looked at. I think they, they, should, they should bench – Owen Daffer, let someone else try. If that guy can't do any better, then you say, you know what? We went to our next best option, and it didn't work out either. Stop kicking. Problem. Just go for well, it. And I can't think that, figure that's out. another thing. thing. At you least we're practicing for, offensive plays. You can go plays. for two. You don't have to kick extra points. You could go for it on fourth down. I think you're going to start seeing us do more of that. But I think, unfortunately... The, the mental game with Owen Daffer in the game, and as I said, it's it's a lot of pieces to the puzzle, but it's not working right now. Even if you put him back in later this season, let him get a, let him get a rest for a game or two, and just see things from the sideline, maybe like you might do a quarterback that's only throwing interceptions, and you bring him on the sideline to see, and you put in a different quarterback if that was the case. I, I think it's time to switch out the kicker. And if the holder's the problem, switch out the holder too. But we don't. But <laughs> then figure it out. We don't pay know millions of dollars to we, figure it we out. We don't know if the holder's it, the problem because they're not paying attention to it, according to my specialist on the fifth quarter. You know when they are paying attention to a clip, they're paying attention to it when they're it's in the game and there's an issue going on. Well, it's Tim Dice knows, it's and then they go to practice. And they go to practice. Games. They go to practice and they say, "Hey, bud, we're going to have to do something." That's when they have to well, go here, in there and get their eyes. It happened the first week. Well, and guess what, Cliff? What are we waiting for? And maybe they are paying attention to it. But what I'm saying is they haven't taken any actions to fix it. 
And the only thing I think you can do to fix it right now is to switch personnel. You got to go with. I don't think that's different. unreasonable. We don't I have mean, another kicker. But, but a court are now coach because Brian Bailey said so. I mean, find someone is what I'm saying. No, but not because Brian Bailey said so. Because Mike Houston told they, him that the head coach Troy. Okay, then pull those guys off the depth chart. I, I just said we have four. It people was an injury in deal. Chart. It's not a. We didn't bring you. Then, then, as I said, the school's a big place. You don't think out of 25,000 people we can't find one kid that can kick an extra point? I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. We can't find a kicker. I don't accept that. I think we could. Are we trying hard enough? I, no, not on special teams. We have the worst kicking operation in America. We And what are we doing to and it's And look, it's not about costing us games. It's cost us games. Yeah. Our special teams has cost us two games. Yes. If our special teams wasn't atrocious, we would be four and one right now. That's a fact. That is an absolute fact. So they, they I don't care what's going on. If they don't fix the special teams, it's going to continue to cost this team. It has, and it will. I just gave Shirley the sign. Yeah, that was smooth. Well, yeah. she picked it up. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll get Xavier Smith on the phone. And talk to we'll, him. We'll ask him. <laughs> How do you fix has the Tim Dows, game? Has Tim Dows looked at uh, Alex Harper and Owen Daffer and Luke Larson this week? Xavier's not going to have any clue because that is not his responsibility. It is the responsibility of the uh, head coach and the special teams coach, however. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, man. It, what is was it, it was a heated segment in the fifth quarter. Heated segment here. Yeah, I don't have the answers. No, I've got a I, lot of complaints. That's just the way it is right now. It's happened every week, seemingly. We have an issue on that side. I mean, I, I, look, I've been a guy given the benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt. At some point, you got to go, come on, man. We can't do this anymore. Yeah. And I'm there. I'm done with the benefit of the doubts with the kicking situation. Quit banging your head. Make a change. I don't care what who the change is. I don't care if they put Clip Brock out there to kick. At least they're trying something different. Todd said maybe they look at the uh, at soccer practice. We have a women's soccer team. Let's get a girl <laughs> you know what? out there that can boot it. I bet some of them could kick extra points pretty damn consistent. Let's, let's see. Let's boot it. All right. Let's talk to uh, X. He joins us on the Pit Electric Live line. East Carolina linebacker Xavier Smith. Xavier, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing good. Uh, Pirates coming off that loss to Tulane. Xavier, I, I, we talk about the good and the bad. I went by my uh, parents' house yesterday, and my mom said, what happened with Xavier on that penalty? That was unlike him. What? So, Xavier, I'll let you uh, explain. You got a uncharacteristic penalty there after a third down stop. So, uh, what, what was going on between you and the, the Tulane player there? Yeah, uh, first of all, you know, it definitely wasn't me. Uh, you know, going into big ball games like that, you come in with a lot of emotion, and that's all it was. I just played with a lot of emotion, and right there I lost myself and it cost the team. You know, I apologized to my teammates. I apologized to my coaches. Uh, you know, it really ate me up after it happened because, you know, like I said, that's not me, and I hurt the team, and that's the last thing I want to do. So, the Power Nation, I apologize. That wasn't me. It was very unlike myself, and, you know, I've – won't let mistakes like that happen again. You know, I'll do better always. But, you know, like I said, it was just uh, motion. I played with a lot of motion and passion uh, for the game and my teammates. And, you know, I let it I let it get uh, my emotions out the way right there. So, you know, I'm apologetic for it. And, you know, I can't go back in the past. It's something you want to go back and get, but I can't get that back. Yeah. Well, Troy, I, I just got a text from my yeah. mom. She said, tell him it's okay. 
So uh, it's all good, Xavier. Miss <laughs> Brock is, uh, is uh, accepts the apology, and so does Pirate Nation. And, uh, yeah. You're not the first player that happened to on the field. Uh, so yeah, it won't be the last. Definitely. So, yeah. Uh, as far as the, the yeah, and and look again, you're not the, the first. Won't be the last. But uh, like you said, all you can do now is not let it happen again, and uh, and go on from there. Uh, man, Michael Pratt, talented quarterback. Talked about it with Jeremy Lewis earlier, but you guys were able to get to him a few times and and even early in the year xavier when this defense was playing out of its mind one nitpick complaint i had was hey where are the sacks where's the pressure well you got one on saturday jeremy got one lampley uh was big miles berry stevens getting a half sack so you guys finally were able to uh to get to the quarterback have some success there rushing the passer yeah for sure we definitely uh had a lot of plays out there on defense and we left a lot of plays out there as well he's uh obviously the score reflects but, you know, Pratt, he's a great quarterback. Uh, you know, a couple of defensive guys after the game, we just talk about, you know, how he's grown as a player, as a quarterback, and how much better he's got. You know, we were getting him pretty good. He was taking some pretty good shots. He was just standing in the pocket and made great throws. So, you know, hats off to them. You know, Tulane's a good football team. You know, they just came out there and played a, they played a better game than we did. You know, we got to get back and fix it. Xavier, we talked this Troy. We talked to uh, Holton earlier, and he said, "You know, look, this isn't uh, this team wasn't expecting to be three and three at this point, but you are what you are right now, and you can't worry about the games that we've played. You've got a whole, you know, at the midway point, you got half the season to go, so there's still a lot of football to be played and a, a lot of opportunities to win again. How is the attitude of this team? You're out there at practice yesterday. How how have uh, guys responding after what you know most would say is it was a setback Saturday." Yeah, uh, for sure. But uh, yesterday, the guys responded uh, great, actually. Uh, you know, the leadership on the team still good. The spirit on the team still good. Um, one thing I told the uh, players is that, you know, obviously not where we want to be, but all the teams that, you know, compete for championships, you know, they're still, like, this, this league's competitive. Like, you see everyone playing with everybody, and all the teams that, you know, we got to be to win out, they're still on the schedule. We can still uh, have a shot at chasing the goal we want to have, so. Just keeping the uh, spirit of the team, keeping everyone's mental positive is just uh, what we're focusing on right now. Uh, forget about lax week, uh, make the corrections, and uh, you know, come ready to work this week. And the next challenge is Memphis, and uh, they are coming off a loss that they thought should be a win. They were beating Houston for about 58 minutes, 59 minutes and 40 seconds of that game. Houston scores two late touchdowns, so you know they're going to come in angry, uh, but a really good team uh, coming in to face you at Dowdy Ficklin this weekend, Xavier. Yeah, uh, Memphis is great uh, every year. You know, I know it's going to be a big uh, ball game for them. Just going off of last year, we know how last game went, so those guys are going to come here with a lot of emotion as well. And We just got to, you know, eliminate the mistakes we made last week uh, and play better football because that's what it comes down to winning those close games every team in this conference can beat everybody so we gotta come ready to play for four quarters and memphis will have revenge on the minds because last time the pirates played the tigers stopped them on the two-point conversion and xavier smith is doing backflips uh midfield <laughs> celebrating with his teammates that was uh yeah. that was a heck of a moment for you guys x yeah definitely a moment we're going to remember uh and definitely a moment they remembered as well so uh like i said it's going to be a big ball game it's going to be you know, a little backyard fight, as some of the coaches might say. So it's going to be a good, fun game to play in and watch. Xavier Smith joining us. Pit Electric Live line here on a Players Lounge Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Xavier, well, what I don't know what uh, took place at practice yesterday as you correct mistakes from last week. Uh, what was that like getting back together with your team? 
Um, it was a whole lot of mental because, uh, you know, it has nothing to do with talent, has nothing to do with scheme. It just comes down to, you know, uh, trusting the scheme, trusting your brothers, and just doing your job because we've seen on special teams all three phases uh, players were left on the field, and that's what we just focus on, uh, trusting your brothers to do your job and just play your job, you know, do your job, basically. Sorry. Do your job. Sounds like our staff meetings on Monday, Troy. Do your job. And we're trying to make we're, corrections. we got to get the team better. Yeah, so very similar. So we got talented players across the board. You know, we have great guys, production all across the board. We just got to put it all together and use it to win ball games. For that, we're right there. Very relatable. Absolutely, everybody can relate to that in life and and uh, what they do. Xavier, uh, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it, and uh, we will talk to you again next Monday. Good luck this week against the Tigers. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys always. Thanks, right. X. There's Xavier Smith uh, having to answer uh for that penalty he had and he said all he could say he yeah. uh he's heated it happens we watch it happens in every football game we watch yeah unfortunately it happened to east carolina and it happened to a guy we really like in xavier smith when you play with a lot of emotion and passion sometimes someone can get on your skin and uh hit that fuse and it can happen at the wrong time which is uh, and i agree that's not who xavier is and that's not what he's all about um and it's rare for him i think for that to happen i don't think you'll see that happen again this season with him but i think he's very sincere and feels probably terrible about it as you kind of heard him verbalize that yeah he he knows he let the team down that was yet another stand for this east carolina defense and they kind of man i i thought after the first quarter east carolina could still win that game but it kind of told the story pirates score a touchdown Ailers to Ryan Jones gets called back and they have to settle for three. And I thought that kind of put the whole thing in a weird mojo after that. Well, if it, it should didn't, have been seven nothing to start. And then if it didn't, this did. When the Pirates get a stop, right, and then they're going to kick a field goal. Mm-hmm. Instead, they get a first down. They score. So instead of East Carolina up seven to three, it's Memphis up seven to three. Correct. Or excuse me, Tulane up seven to three. Right. Flip the score because of those. Uh, yeah, and the momentum of the whole game. Yep. Really. Uh, and it's really kind of it plays like that clip really kind of set the tone, I think, for for what we saw. Missed extra point, missed field goal, just a lot of mistakes. As we said, it was on both sides, all, all three sides of the ball. Though. Yeah, it wasn't any interceptions. There's past games you could point to one or two things. If this one play goes different, EC win. This time it was a number of things on all three sides of the ball that went wrong for East Carolina that they're going to have to correct. And obviously, we, we've been you know dwelling a little bit on special teams because it's been so noticeable in all of the losses for East Carolina. Well, that's the one. No, I'm just saying that's the one common denominator in the three losses is there has been special teams miscues in all three of those that have cost East Carolina dearly. There's also been you know Ailers interceptions, and we talked about them. And there's been mistakes here and there from the defense, and we just talked about that with Xavier. So we're hitting on it all. You're right, though. I mean, it, it, the the special teams issue. We're talking about it every week now to the point where there's really nothing else to say about it. Like you, I, I agree. I mean, there's got to be some changes. You can't keep banging yeah. your head into the brick wall. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, Mike Houston will have his press conference on Tuesday. I'm sure he'll be asked about it, and we'll see if there will be any changes to the uh, specialist. So, all right, let's take a break. We'll come back hour two. Enjoy being here with you, Clip. I'll see you later this week. See you uh, Thursday. Yes, sir. How did uh, I know the? Because I was here Friday night. Conley, rough week for the Vikings. They blow a lead to Havelock, and then they blow a second-half lead to Rose. Rose wins it. But let me give a shout-out to the Conley Vikings. Boy, they really played incredible that night. Took took 
the Rose Rampants. A lot of folks thought Rose would run away with this one. Took him down to the water. It was a last-second field goal. Rose had a kick to win the game. How about the JV squad? JV squad won. Um, it was closer than some. It was 40-27, to 27, I believe, was the final. Rose JV 7-0 on the season. Newburn up this week. Rose has got it cooking right now. Yeah, Rose has combined uh, only one loss between the JV and varsity so far. Yeah, they're uh, they're getting it done over there. All right, but, Troy. But, but it was a fun game. I was out there uh, Friday night. Fun game to watch. Huge crowd out there for uh, Rose Conley. Really enjoyed watching that one. We'll, uh, we'll see you Thursday. Sounds good to see you then. And when we return, we will talk to Miles Berry. Uh, man, I've missed the last three episodes of the uh, House of the Dragon, so uh, we won't talk about that. We'll talk about football and more with Miles when we roll on Pirate Radio Live on a Monday after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Greenville Utilities' neighbor-to-neighbor program provides help for those who need temporary assistance with their utility costs, and you can make a difference. Your tax-deductible donation can be added to your GUC bill each month, or you can make a one-time donation, and GUC will match all donations up to $20,000 each year. Consider helping a neighbor with GUC's Neighbor-to-Neighbor program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, Troy just walked out, right? I think so, yeah. All right, well, let's give him a moment to get situated in his vehicle and crank up the car and so he's listening to us because I want him to hear this comment. Oh, boy. Uh, but Alan on Facebook Live says, we will take care of Memphis and UCF and shock BYU to become bow eligible. That is a likely scenario. It's also a scenario where we lose all those games. I mean, it is so razor thin right now in all these games. No more cupcakes on the schedule. Temple is the closest thing. Uh, but, man, all these games are going to be nip and tuck. And it still trips me out where we get 40 calls on the fifth quarter about how inconsistent we are and up and down. And then a spread comes out the next day, and East Carolina's favorite over Memphis, and all the comments are, are you kidding? Put the house on Memphis. Put a million on Memphis. Why is this the spread? You just said the night before how inconsistent we are up and down. How many times have we bounced back after a loss? Like, that, it, it baffles me how – you say one thing, and then now do you just think East Carolina's going to lose every game? And they might lose to Memphis, but there's a reason they're a favorite. They're at home. They beat Memphis last year. This is a team that plays well after losses. We saw that uh, a couple of times already this year. So I get it. I get the number. All right, I think Troy's in his car now. Uh, on YouTube, LHD says, quote, not a Rose guy, end quote, was all in the Rose press box. Just saying. <laughs> oh, boy. Not the list a, continues. He's not a dessert guy. Was he eating dessert while he's not a Rose guy in the Rose press box? Not a... I hate to do this while Troy's not here. We can... Uh, oh, I bet you a million bucks that's Troy calling in right <laughs> All right, now. let's see. That's got to be let's Troy. See. Let's see. Let's see. Could this be Troy? Oh, yeah. We got to call Miles Berry, too. It might be Miles. <laughs> we need to talk to him. Um... 
Ah, we have Troy D on the line on the Pet Electric Live line. Shirley, can you uh, call Miles while we're doing this and get him lined up? Who? I send you his number, Miles Barry. Oh, okay, yeah. Ever heard of him? No, I didn't have never my heard headphones. of her. I didn't have my headphones on, so I, I didn't you. hear you talking. All right, Troy D joining us on the Pit Electric Live Line. Hello, Troy. Hey, Cliff. Yeah, I would like to respond to that accusation about being in the press box because that information is absolutely true. I was in the press box. I'm accredited media member. I was checking on our D.H. Conley team with Alan Vick and company. Went up and said hello to them. Said hello to the Rose folks that I know. They did have a awesome Chick-fil-A sandwich available, which I did partake in. So, yes, I was in the press box. Are you a big Chick-fil-A sandwich guy? I, I, I'm, I'm not hating them, I'll tell you that. They're very good. But I wanted to say hello to our broadcast crew that was up there. For All right. Radio. There you go. Ab- absolutely. And this is how things should be and, confronted and head on like this. I like it. The first time I've been in the Rose press box all season, by the way. All right. So I'd just like to offer additional information, which was left out by one of our viewers. Thank you. All right. There's uh, both sides of the story. We've heard it. All right. If there's any more accusations laid upon you during this show, I will make sure you know so you can refute them. I appreciate equal time, Cliff. All right. There is Troy D calling in. And it it is the Rose press box because it said J.H. Rose, but Conley folks were up there. And I will say, even Alan Vick, during the broadcast, uh, mentioned that Troy was there. So he's not denying he was there. He's saying his reasons for being there were pure. And not because he's a Rose guy. He's not a Rose guy, not a dessert guy. All right, let's head out to the Pit Electric Live line. Continue on the uh, Delcor Players Lounge on a Monday. Delcor it's going to be cooling off soon, folks. Want to check on that heating. You can call 321-8868. Visit Inc dot com miles berry joining us today on the program miles how you doing man how you doing thanks for having me yes sir we're doing well uh you, you players get over the losses quicker than we do uh miles because you got another game to get ready for so we're still stinging uh from the loss to tulane over the weekend you guys have uh, had to put that one in the rear view but before we completely do that miles uh what, what was your take on the defensive effort and the uh the team effort there in new orleans on saturday well, yeah, I just think we we didn't play the big plays well. You know, uh, I think we, we played good, definitely stopped the run. You know, they only had like 40-something rushing yards, I believe. But uh, we gave up 350 passing yards. And, you know, especially in our league, you can't do that and be successful. So we're just going to have to stop those big plays and uh, play better in the passing game. Uh, but tough loss. Hats uh, off to them. They, they played really well. You know, they um, the practice. Pratt, quarter, the quarterback Pratt, excuse me, um, he, he threw the ball well, you know, stayed in the pocket, took a lot of hits, uh, but he did what he needed to do to win. So just got to be better this week. And credit to him. I, I might have undersold him going into the game when people would say, well, who's going to be the quarterback? I said, does it really matter? Their third-string quarterback just went to Houston and won. But we've seen a lot of Pratt. That's the best he's ever looked. He was, he was slinging it. And Xavier, Jeremy, and now yourself – because I think you got back there in the backfield and uh, you were credited with a half sack. Y'all were hitting him. Y'all were knocking him down. And he got up every time. He, he was a tough player. He was a good player on Saturday. Yeah, most definitely. And we knew that because uh, even facing him in 2020 COVID year, he played really well against us. So 
we knew that going in. We knew what his ability was, and he just he had a great game and he executed. Miles Barry joining us, Pit Electric Live Line. So Miles, you get back together as a group on Sunday. You guys have been able to bounce back from losses this year. You don't want to have to keep doing that, but it does seem like a resilient bunch. So how about bouncing back from this one on Sunday? Was uh, how, how was the spirits out there at practice? Uh, you know, the bad taste in our mouth, like, like after any L. Um, but like you said, you got to have a short memory. You got to look at the film, see what mistakes you made, you know, and, and learn from them and build, build for the next week. We have another huge uh, conference opponent in Memphis coming in uh, for homecoming. You know, not that it makes any difference, but, you know, we, we have a certain pride uh, for that alone, and we got we to gotta do what we need to do to win this weekend. And, man, Memphis is going to come in here angry. Did you see the, the end of their game? Uh, were you able to watch yeah. that Friday night, Miles? They, they had that game won, and then Houston scores two touchdowns in about a minute 41, I think. And uh, knocks them off, so you know they're going to be coming in here mad. Yeah, that was a that was a crazy fourth quarter. I got to see really a lot of that game. So yeah, they're going to be they're going to be coming in uh, mad. They have a bad taste in their mouth, also. So you know we 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 just got to do what we need to do, and like I said, fix up the corrections. So we can we can get a big win this weekend. And not that you probably need that reminder, Miles, but that is a reminder that you just never know until that clock hits triple zeros what's the what the outcome's gonna be. I mean, again, Memphis had that thing won. Uh Houston uh gets the onside, didn't stop, and uh ended up winning the game. And that uh that's a good reason to just play the next play, right, Miles? It could go your way. Yeah. No, you have to. I mean, you don't you don't stop until that clock it's triple zero. You know, you got to play to the end, especially in football. There's so many different things and so many variables that can happen that can alter a game. So you always want to play to the end of the vi- to the end of the whistle, and when the clock hits triple zero. So that, that was definitely an example of that. Miles Berry, four tackles uh, in the game, also credited with a half sack and a pass breakup. Uh, how about five sacks on the day? Uh, for East Carolina Miles getting after that quarterback and uh, something that we hadn't we hadn't, we hadn't seen the sack numbers too high this season. So what changed on Saturday? How were you able to, to get after him? Uh, I just feel like the pressures that were called were, were working and we were also doing like adding adding on with the pressures a little bit um, and, and we were just able to really contain him in the pocket and, and be able to sack him. And that's something that we kind of haven't been able to do in weeks past and we did that on saturday is that something that like like in baseball you we saw bryson whirl you hit one home run then he's going to hit 10 home runs if you you get one sack do you feel like that could start a little momentum a little trend here where we're going to see those sack numbers continue yeah especially i mean even especially if you get a big hit on the quarterback you know if you get a big hit on the quarterback he's not the only one that feels it everybody feels it you know so it can definitely rattle him. It can rattle the old lineman a little bit and their protection. So getting one it will definitely start a good trend of getting multiple other sacks in a game. And something else that helps that too, Miles, you talked about it earlier, stopping the run and uh, allowing uh, just 41 net rushing yards to Tulane. Now Pratt was able to get get you through the air a little bit, but uh, stopping the run means more dropbacks, more passes, and more opportunities to get sacked. So if you guys can can have that kind of output uh, production from the defensive side, stopping the run, you're going to get more opportunities to uh, to go after the QB. Right, right. So that's that's always number one mission is to stop the stop the run and win first down. 
But now our main thing is winning those second and third downs also um, and not giving up. Like I said in the past, just just getting better in our in our pass drops and our in our pass coverage, and getting off the field on third down because I feel like that's where we struggled um, last last weekend. That was a little uncharacteristic for us is getting off the field on third down. So we just kind of have to go back to to getting off the field and playing how we play. Uh, Memphis known for some high powered offenses. They used to start with with their ground game. So how about 2022 Memphis? And then you got to see them last year. Miles had that big two-point conversion stop. Uh, but what about this Memphis team? What uh, kind of stands out offensively for them? Uh, definitely experienced, just like us. Uh, very experienced. They are very physical. Um, and they have some explo- explosive weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Um, definitely their receiver. They have a strong receiver core and a strong running back. Uh, so, like I said, we're going to have to play our game, do what we need to do, and make sure we're operating on all gears so we, we have a big win this weekend. What a moment it was last time you two teams met. And and here's what I remember. I remember, I believe it was Bruce Bivens. It looked like he was shot out of a cannon uh, going after the quarterback on that two-point play. And then I remember the aftermath with Xavier doing backflips. So, Miles, what do you remember about that two-point stop last year in Memphis? Uh, man, so – I, I like you said it was it was Bruce it was either Bruce or Jeremy uh, that was shot out of a cannon like you said to get to the quarterback and I was able to tip it uh, I tipped the ball down at the end and I just remember it, I was like man it's over you know we're and that was our sixth win uh, and and we we knew we were going bowling and that's something that's a feeling that I've never had before you know knowing that we we're going bowling and it, it was just a feeling of uh, being proud and, and overjoyed, really, I can say. I was just overjoyed at the fact that, you know, that was a goal of ours that we've had for years, and we finally accomplished it. So definitely want to return that feeling this year. No doubt. And and as we know, uh, us people that watch from the outside like to start counting up wins the rest of the way. Uh, you can't get three wins at one time, Miles, so the goal is to uh, to get one Saturday, right? Right. we got to go 1-0 this week. That's the main goal. Uh, you ready to to don those uh, modern throwback unis that you'll be rocking on Saturday? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see how how I'm gonna look at them personally, but <laughs> but how we're gonna look at them, look in them uh, as a complete team. So very eager to put those on, and th- the meaning behind it is very powerful too. So. Yeah, very. Looking forward to Saturday. That's a good point, Miles. And you, you kind of think broader uh, than a lot. And it's also, you know, the the Hall of Fame weekend. We talked to Marcus Crandall, uh, Pirate QB, great uh, on the Brian Bailey show earlier today. You're going to have a lot of legends out there too. So you know, playing for yourself, playing for your team, your family, and uh, and even some of the legends from the past. Yeah, playing for the people that came before us, and then also playing for my family and playing for the future. So. There's a lot that goes into, you know, homecoming games and that pride and uh, getting a lot of alumni back. Uh, so that's why we need to do everything we need to do in our power to get a big win for not just us, but Pirate Nation as a whole. Miles, you said uh, after four home games, you were about ready to get on the road just for something different. Now, after two straight on the road, you, you're glad to be back home for a game? Most, most definitely glad to be back in Dowdy. And, uh, you know, I love Dowdy. I love the fan base. I love how. Uh, excited and rocking the stadium is so it's gonna be great to be back but you know my main thing is i just want to get a dub you know that's the goal one to know this week so uh we can go back to setting it off in conference 
All right, Miles, go get that win. Uh, have a great week of practice, man, and we'll talk to you coming up next Monday here on Pirate Radio. Thank you. All right. See you soon. There is Miles Barry. Always uh, great to talk to Miles. We'll kind of uplift you if you're down. And uh, he's ready to go for Saturday against Memphis. And one of those leaders, you feel like when you know you can lose games and cracks start to happen, uh, Miles Barry is a guy that's going to keep it glued together, keep it together, and and make sure everybody's head's still in it. So that uh, that does give me some confidence for Saturday and moving forward when you got guys like Miles on the team. Uh, you can do your part here listening to the show and listening to these these uh, young men if you enjoy it by hitting the like button and also subscribing Smash to Pirate it. Radio TV Smash it. on YouTube and following us on Facebook. And right now, we've got 22 more watchers, viewers, than we do likes on YouTube. Uh, as I do a Facebook check real quick, the Facebook likes, man, they're down. Could be a lot better. So, uh, folks, we're trying to do our part here on a holiday Monday. Your bank ain't open, but Pirate Radio sure is. And we ain't even charging you, uh, you know, fees, overdraw, overdraft fees, interest. None of that. This is free, baby. This is free. Say the bank was closed? It's a holiday. Oh, it's Thanksgiving in Canada. It's thanks it's Canadian Thanksgiving. And then fourteen hundred ninety-two Columbus sailed to Ocean Blue or something. Like we wouldn't even be here. We wouldn't even be here right now. Yeah, if Columbus didn't What do you do? He's looking for some spice or something? Yeah, I don't know. Y'all Got some yeah. boat. Y'all help me out. Sailed around. All I know is I'm here. And your favorite bank tailor ain't. It is closed. Closed shut down. up shop. You can take oh, that. Take uh, that to the bank. Yeah, take that to the bank. Oh wait, you can't because it's not open. Because it's not open. Because it's Canadian Thanksgiving, Columbia Day. Give me some likes. We'll be back on Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday, and we'll uh, let you learn more about your nation's history. And now, when we get back from this break. There better be more likes on YouTube and Facebook or else. Or else. Wow. All right. You heard the man. Back after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com now back to the show welcome back be sure to check out david price construction for all of your commercial or custom residential renovation and building needs run by ecu alumni david price construction specializes in commercial projects maintenance on facilities and large-scale residential renovations and additions. David Price Construction, the proud ECU Home Services partner. Call them today at 919-291-5532 or visit them online at davidpriceconstruction.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Apparently, David Tepper, Panthers owner, is having a... Uh, Tepper pre- tantrum? A Tepper... T- oh, that's pretty good. I saw it on a hashtag. Uh, a press conference right now, and it's not going well. And yeah, I... I get it. Like, ECU fans, 
get upset at everything Mike Houston or Holt Nailers or anybody says after a game because there's nothing that can be said after a loss that is going to make you feel better. I totally get that with Ron Rivera in Washington. I don't watch the post-game press conferences or look for them because I know nothing is going to be said to make me feel any better about sucking during a football game. I went to the Panthers pre, uh, post-game presser last night. You're, and, and the only you're reason, way different than I am in that regard. You watch all this stuff. I can't do it, man. I give, I give you credit. You do it. I can't do it. Well, I and I usually actually I usually don't watch the the post game pressers. I do want to watch yesterday. I just wanted to see the look on Matt Rule's face, and I wanted to see his body language, and I wanted to see how he took these questions. And yesterday, and there, there, there's probably going to be people that are going to say, "Well, that's easy to say now," but yesterday, watching his press conference. You could just look on his face, and you could see it in his eyes, and you can tell that by the way he was answering these questions about his job and the jeopardy of his job as the Carolina head, uh, Carolina Panthers head coach. You could tell that the time was coming soon, and the time ended up being today. But I, and that's the only reason why I actually went and, and watched the presser. And there, I do watch some pressers, and I do all that kind of you stuff. You do. But, you watch it like during the week and stuff, and it only makes you like irritated when you do it when you listen to matt rule and uh i just i can't do it. i don't even why i didn't even watch the commander's game yesterday but like there's nothing that ron rivera could say after the game to make me be like oh okay all right cool just like when uh you know mike houston says something after a game he's not gonna say what can he say to make you feel better i see a lot of people say well he needs to take accountability if he got up there and said this loss was my fault i think would that make you feel That's better? That's not going to make anybody. No, feel it's not going to make you feel better. You're, you're going to say, "Well, you need to fire Donnie Kirkpatrick, or you need to put in Mason Garcia, or switch kicker." Like you're going to be angry regardless. And these coaches don't say anything anyway. Like no matter what they're asked, and people get mad at like y'all don't ask the tough questions. You you just I don't know what you want to hear because again I am one of you. Like I. I'm the same way. There's nothing I can hear after a loss that's going to make me feel any better about it. So anyway, that's kind of going on right now as everybody, which Panthers fans are down on Tepper. If Daniel Snyder had a press conference, I'd feel the exact same way. I'd make If I saw what he said, I'd make fun of everything he said and question him on it. That's just the way it is because we're angry and we're upset. And it's interesting that you mention about press conferences because Ron Rivera had one uh not too long ago and the question a reporter asked was why are other nfc east teams further ahead of washington right now his answer was one word quarterback that's all he said i changed my whole opinion i like that answer and you know because quarterback quarterback that's all he said and i i was like well that's interesting because most coaches will give you a generalized coach speak answer for him to just point blank say this Damn, is the reason Ron, why Ron Rivera just put that in my mouth in my face <laughs> yeah I'm up here saying nothing he can say well change that changes, that's why right there, I, changes everything that's why when you said nothing that that he can say can change my mind about you know whatever I thought well I should bring this up because I thought it was very interesting what Ron Rivera said earlier today well and now uh who do we blame for that who brought in that crappy quarterback 
Well, Ron Rivera is uh, in charge of those decisions, right? Is he the GM? He's one of the people that is making calls on the uh, uh, Martin Mayhew's the GM, but Rivera, you know, has control over the roster. Yeah, I mean, he signs off on it. You know. So he brought in that crappy quarterback. And so, I saw, so what, I mean, are your, what are your other quarterback options? Well, I saw in somebody say, please start Taylor Heineke this week. Uh, who Really? That, who cares? I don't. I, I'm out on him. Well, so people I, are doing that with, in Carolina, and they're wanting to just throw P.J. Walker out there, which this week he will, he will get the start this week for the Panthers. Yeah, because uh, Baker, Baker's out. Who do they play? We play the Rams. We go to uh, on the yeah. West Coast. We actually finally have a reason to have a 4 o'clock, 4.30 game. It will be the third straight 4 o'clock, 4.30 game for the Carolina Panthers. And uh, But back to what I was saying earlier, um, you know, how, what do you expect when you're an owner or as a fan? Do you expect David Tepper to go up there and knock out this press conference? When you, you look at David Tepper, and ever since he's been an owner in Carolina, look at it. He's fired two coaches in season, and he's fired a soccer coach. Firing is what he knows best because that's all he's done as an owner how many in the of city those, of Charlotte. And he hired how many of them? I'm sorry? And how many did the teams hire? All three or two out of the three? So he fired Rule, who he hired. He fired the soccer coach who his team hired. Yes. What was the other coach? Um, uh, uh, Ron, Ron Rivera. Rivera. Was Tepper here? He, he fired Ron Rivera. Didn't hire him, but fired him. Didn't, yeah, didn't yeah. hire him. I don't expect – I think what most people are complaining about is not so much that he knocks the press conference out of the park, but he just – he seems to be annoyed. Uh, somebody even put up there – I'm assuming that it was a reporter from the News and Observer because someone had tweeted out that David Tepper may just buy the Charlotte Observer – um just to fire this particular reporter but uh he was getting annoyed at some of the questions and i'm like if if you own a team you hired this guy and he's an absolute bust you have no choice but to fire him then you're gonna have to suck it up and answer the tough questions throwing a temper tantrum only makes you look foolish it doesn't it doesn't really help the situation i mean it's a bad enough situation as it is you don't want to amplify that uh i mean you know when you've got uh i was talking to susan deans earlier today she said at the game yesterday uh every time matt rule was shown on the on the uh, video board it was just a cascade of boos and as as an owner you don't want that you don't want your fan base to alienate your you know to get alienated so you're going to have to do something, so you fire him. But you got to suck it up. You're going to get those tough questions. You're going to get asked questions that you don't want to answer, but you're going to have to. Well, that's why Dan Snyder doesn't do press conferences. So well, he doesn't because, have to answer any Well, questions. that is true, but and we then, also well, – but Dan Snyder's a coward, too. And, and now, by the way, now David Tepper – is not a fan. I mean, he hasn't talked to the media much. He hasn't been no, out he in, stays in, out. Yeah, in the but, public, public eye since being in Charlotte. But he, if you choose to have a press conference and you choose to sit you in gotta front of... you got to expect it. You've got to... You, as, as anybody who's even has a remote idea of what uh, media is like, if you choose to sit yourself in front of a reporter, somebody is going to ask you a question you're not going to want to answer, and you need to be prepared for that. That's just all I'm saying. All right. Um, Chandler, hit the trumpets. 
They had an awesome year. A hundred wins. The trumpet song. That's about it. They lose. They don't even make it through wild card weekend. Losing on their home field. And it wasn't just the loss. It was the end of a dynasty that lasted four months. The dynasty is over. Pete Alonso, after the game, said it's not just about losing. It's about the disbandment of this team, this, this team disbanding. Because DeGrom is going to go elsewhere. Scherzer will be like a one-year rental for somebody. The team is going to break apart. And they're just going to stink like they always do. But they'll always have that trumpet and that song. And that is so great. That's something they can't take away from you. A song that it plays. And the guy even comes in and plays the trumpet live. It's so awesome. So congrats to the Mets for still having that. Can't take that away from you. Although you can because it's played at Clark LeClaire and it's William Contreras' walk-up song, and everybody else plays it. So it can be taken away from you. So you have nothing. You're just a bunch of losers. Uh, Braves play the Phillies 107 on Tuesday. So we'll be... Uh, Day baseball, nothing like it. We'll have some watch-alongs coming up, I guess, Tuesday and Wednesday, because I'll be watching the Braves while I'm here in studio. Um, the Mariners and Astros, I goes Mariners playing tomorrow 337 game one of guardians and yankees is tuesday at 737 and then padres dodgers 937 tomorrow night no respect for the world champion braves putting them on at one o'clock on fox on a tuesday and then they have another day game starting at four o'clock on wednesday so that stinks but uh, we'll be watching it here in the Pirate Radio studios. I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, there's a great video out on Twitter because, you know, the Mariners have been a really good story for baseball this year. and uh, Not as good a story as the Mets, but a pretty well, good story. Yeah, pretty good story still, though. And uh, they are just incredible in terms of comeback wins. I mean, just the one that they had on Saturday was just incredible. But uh, anyway, they, there's a great video that's on uh, Twitter right now that's making its rounds. It's gone viral of uh, a car dealership where there's these three sales guys I just standing it. there and losing their ever-loving minds. They start dancing. They start dancing, and it's just. And then a guy comes into the screen. I, I guess he was coming from some other part of the building, and he gets in on it. And it's a really cool thing. It's, it's actually been a lot of fun to watch Mariners fans celebrate. Um, you know, in a in a city that hasn't seen a lot of you know playoff baseball, so it's been kind of fun to kind of. I don't want to call them the lovable losers because I think that's more you know that was a name that was given to the Cubs so many years ago, but uh, it has been fun to watch them. There's been a whole generation of Seattle fans that haven't seen Mariners playoff baseball, and uh, they saw them win two games over the blue jays and now uh they get ready for the big bad astros and the astros and dodgers of course the favorite to win the world series this year meds got one hit last night by the way one hit gd what was the uh one what hit. was the final score hit? uh 
because five. Yeah, it was like six, four nothing. Though. Six nothing. I was switching between six the, nothing. Juan Soto with a hit off of Trumpet Boy to make it six to nothing. Okay. I was switching between the two, uh, the Sunday night game and the, the baseball game, and I, the last time I had checked, it was four nothing San Diego. And I thought, well, unless the Mets come up with something, which they obviously didn't, they were going to lose. So. Oh, speaking of which, I'm going to DM you a video right now, Shirley, that okay. I want you to play on the show. Uh, this is Justin Tucker after the game last night. We need to play this um, over at East Carolina because Justin Tucker, we put labels on people, greatest of all time, da-da-da. I mean – He's at least up there, if not the greatest ever, to do it. Yes. Oh, there's no question. I mean, at least Vinatieri top three. And, yeah, I mean, who else is even in his class? Adam Vinatieri, I guess? Adam Vinatieri's got to be it. I mean, and then Mortison or what? play for the Falcons. <laughs> Am I just saying he's good because he played till he was about 50? No, just say his name one more time. Mortison? Mortison. All right. Mor- Morrison? No, nah, Mortison's good. Mortison? What's his name? What's his name? <laughs> You're combining his first name and his last name. Moore Anderson. Yeah, there was a Gary Anderson for the Vikings, and <clears throat> there was a Mortison for the uh, Falcons back in the day. Mortison. Mortison. I like that. That sounds cool. Sounds like a character on like a... Mortison? It sounds like a uh, Marvel villain. Like uh, Spider-Man. Oh, my God. Meets- it's Mortison. <laughs> it's Mortison. <laughs> All right, uh, Shirley, do you have the? Uh... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm working on it. Sorry, I had to I had to respond to a a DM that I did not see last week, and I needed to respond to it real quick. So okay, okay now I got it. Thank you for the right. heads up. Uh, this is Justin Tucker after the game winner last night over the Bengals. I mean, I love it and I hate it and everything in between. It's, uh, you know, I, I'd be lying to you if I said every time I go out there, I'm not just a little bit nervous. You know, I'm not thinking about, you know, worst case scenario. But it's really important to me and to us to take, you know, those 1.3 seconds between the snap, the hold, and the kick and just focus on the nuts and bolts of what's going to make the kick. And my feelings don't matter. What matters is seeing the ball snapped with 12 o'clock laces from Nick Moore, seeing the ball spotted cleanly from Jordan Stout, his first career game-winning hold. And then uh, from there, I'm just a system kicker. The ball kicks itself at that point. Uh, And all all we're really thinking about is those things that are going to make the kick. All the feelings and stuff, we can enjoy them after the fact. All right, Justin Tucker talking about the operation – he called himself a system kicker. The greatest kicker ever is a system kicker. The ball kicks itself. Mm-hmm. We got to have some of that going on here in Greenville because it's it, not working. It, it is all about being on the same page as a snapper, a holder, and a kicker. Man, the, I mean, it makes it sound pretty easy. The, the It's like a uh, assembly line, and everybody's doing their part, and all the little machines are yes. doing their part. We got we got to fix uh, – we got to tighten up some nuts or something. Yeah, tying some bolts. All right, coming up this Thursday, should I read every line on this advertisement? Because there's one particular thing on this that's going to make people not want to show up. All right, this Thursday at AJ's, it starts at 5.30. Food and drink specials. How about PBR Pirates Puppies going on? Uh, the Humane Society of Eastern Carolina. A $10 donation to the Humane Society, gets you a PBR shirt 
and the money raised goes to the Humane Society of Eastern North Carolina. So make a donation, a donation ten dollars or more, and you get a cool shirt. It's going on at AJ's beginning at five thirty. The one line on here that I shouldn't read that I will. It says Bears versus Commanders. Let's just pretend that game's not happening. Don't worry about that. There'll be college football too. On there'll be you know other stuff on. There will be college football. There will be playoff baseball. There will be all the fun that's going on on a normal night at AJ's. But that's going on Thursday. You'll be out there, right, Chan? I will be there. Yes, Man sir. of Chan. And uh, you can get one of these cool shirts. And our giveaway is a $10 gift card today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. To AJ's. So that's going to be in our booty bag. And you can win that and uh, go out and use it while you're at AJ's and uh, picking up an awesome t shirt. Yeah and donating to the Humane Society of Eastern Carolina. Yes. So that's coming up this Thursday, beginning 5.30 at A.J. McMurphy's. I'll be at A.J.'s Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, for sports trivia. We'll have we'll have college football on. Maction? No. Sunbelt? Sunbeltion. We'll have MLB playoffs on. Okay. Do you know what else will be on that'll have people excited on Wednesday night? Wednesday. Wednesday. You don't know? No. The Carolina Hurricanes season opener. Oh! So we are in nice. the the sports epicenter here. It's nice. all happening. And uh, we got a lot of fun coming up Wednesday night and then again on Thursday with your chance uh, to get one of these cool t-shirts for a $10 donation to the Humane Society of Eastern Carolina. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. We will hear from Jeremy Lewis, East Carolina Rush In talked to him earlier today and you'll hear that conversation when we return on pirate radio live here on a monday back with you after this listening to hour two of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com now back to the show welcome back do you have real estate questions about buying or selling residential or commercial properties are you curious about the current real estate market or do you need a property manager for rental houses alum uh, ecu alum scott harris with remax and sd harris properties can help answer every question you have and show you a stress-free real estate experience that will be memorable and enjoyable if you have a real estate question scott has answers call scott harris today at 347-1857 now let's head back in to prl here's clip back with you pirate radio live hour two about to head into hour three on this monday Eric on Facebook Live said, I just like the show. Thanks, Eric. John said, nice hat. Thanks, John. Why don't, let's just be nice to one another. Let's, I'm loving this positivity uh, on a Monday. It's beautiful. Coming off a loss, we need this. Why don't we all pass along niceness and compliments? Shirley, you're doing a great job today. We've had a mix of live and recorded interviews, so you've had to get those recorded interviews ready and and also uh, get people lined up on the phones. You're doing a great job. My buddy Blockhead Chandler over here. <laughs> Big Cheese. Uh, just call me Big Cheese. Big Cheese. All the words are spelled correctly on the video. Yeah, like, man. Good job. Like, 
Hey, awesome haircut. <laughs> Thanks. Your haircut Thanks. looks great, buddy. Alan, uh, I like your, your bright shirt. If you're out running, that'll be good for drivers to see. And uh, he said it's hunting season. <laughs> if you're in the woods, uh, nobody's gonna gonna pop off on you. So uh, I like it. I like it. Uh, John says nice shirt. Steve says get in the gym. Well, Steve, that's why you're you and and we're us because we're being nice right now. We're being nice guys. If anybody wants to chime in on a niceness Monday, please feel free. This is good. It makes me feel good about society. All right, let's uh, talk Pirate football. Jeremy Lewis joined us earlier this morning on the Pit Electric Live line. We had that video live on Facebook and on YouTube, uh, but uh, we'll serve it up now on our radio side of things. Jeremy Lewis, uh, talked to him earlier. Here you go. All right, let's head out to the Pit Electric Live line, talk to East Carolina's Jeremy Lewis. He joins us on the Delcor Players Lounge today. Jeremy, how you doing on this Monday, man? I'm doing good. Can't complain. We're uh, we're halfway through the season, so I'm sure the body doesn't feel like it did uh, back in August. But uh, how you holding up health wise here, halfway through? Oh, health wise, I'm good. Yeah, but you know, halfway during the season, some bumps and some bruises are gonna pop up. But other than that, I'm good. Uh, Jeremy, let's, let's start with a positive. Uh, saw uh, some pass rush getting to the quarterback, especially in the second half of that two lane game, and and even when the defense was going great earlier this year if uh if we had to nitpick we'd say you know where are the sacks where's the uh the pressure on the quarterback well that uh that took place on saturday you were able to get yourself one uh xavier had one uh lampley miles chad stevens so that pass rush uh, got going on saturday i know you were uh pleased to see that almost definitely you know we're trying to switch some things up schematically and we were able to get home a couple of times and just gonna keep building on that and keep those sacks rolling in. And uh, I tell you, Pratt, uh, pretty elusive. He could sling it. I mean, you, it just kind of goes to show you're, you're facing some good offenses, some good quarterbacks this year. But uh, how good was Michael Pratt compared to uh, other QBs you've seen this year? Uh, he's a really good quarterback. You know, we play, we play good opponents every other week. But he's definitely a good quarterback. He was, uh, he was physically able to throw it downfield. And even when we hit him hard, he got back up. So, he probably play on Sundays, but he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Jeremy, uh, you guys have been pretty resilient coming off losses. So uh, was that kind of the mindset on Sunday, get right back to work? What was it like uh, for you guys yesterday out there? Oh, most definitely, you got to have a quick memory, get over it, you know what I'm saying, come back the next day ready to work. And things are not, gonna, things are not just going to come easy. So, you know, we're trying to just bounce back, move on. Wish we could have had that one, but we didn't get it. So now we got to move on time for the next game. What are the uh, the mini meetings and discussions like after a win, after a loss, and even after a win, Jeremy? What do you guys talk about with you know Coach Harrell, your position coaches, your teammates? What what are those talks like uh, following a game on Saturday? You know they're definitely different because everybody got that sort that sour taste in their mouth. You know coming off a loss, so you know it's just it's never going to be the same energy coming off of, off of a win. But you know the mentality still the same. You know. Got to attack each day 100. percent Even if we win or lose, but you know, locker room might be a little, a little bit more silent on the, after a loss than after a win. So, other than that, we still trying to attack each game the same, same mentality. You know, just come out on top next time. 
Uh, Jeremy, you talk about it as, as a team, I'm sure, and the goals and, and what you got to improve on, what you got to keep doing well. How about you uh, individually through six games this year? You know, we'll start with what, what you're pleased with. Uh, you know, what, what have you done well, in your opinion, uh, so far this season? Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to get better. <laughs> it ain't just nothing I yeah. say that I've done well, but I'm just trying to, you know, keep getting better. Keep getting, trying to keep getting to the quarterback, and you know, try to create more turnovers. Not just me as a defense. We're trying to create more turnovers and be better on third down situations. So we just improve as a team, and that individual success will come. Yeah, well, that answers my question on what you want to improve on, and because you talked about it, there getting better every single day. And uh, Memphis coming up next, tough opponent. Uh, man, they had Houston beat the entire game on Friday night, and then Houston scores two late touchdowns to really shock Memphis. So they're going to come in uh, angry on uh, on Saturday for homecoming. What have you seen so far from uh, this Memphis Tigers team? Oh, a real good team. You know, we watch we had watched film on them a lot when they played Navy and they beat Navy. So it's a real good team. They all Houston's predict was projected to win the conference, and they all they took them to the last second of the game. So you know, we can't can't overlook Memphis at all. They're a very good opponent. And you know they got they got a fast offense, a good quarterback from last year, a big D line. So you know we just got to be ready coming to this game, staying motivated. Jeremy, uh, you'll be able to. Uh, you, you, they say you look good, feel good, play good, all that. You'll be looking good on uh, on Saturday with the modern throwback uh, uniforms. I know you're ready to uh, to debut those, right? What's your your take on those unis? Oh yeah, they're they're nice. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're real nice. It's good to get a little get a little throwback action. They put the little pass with the present. So, I mean, it's it's it's, it's going to be nice to wear those. And Jeremy, I think uh, you said earlier in the year, and you, you'll play whenever they tell you to play. But uh, you got a seven thirty this week, a seven thirty next week. So uh, you're excited to be under the lights. You, I think you said you'd like to have them a little earlier. Go ahead and get them out of the way. But uh, a couple of night games coming up for you here. How you feel about that? Yeah, much rather play in the in, in the morning time. You know, have some time off after the game, but. Like my coach said, you got to be a parking lot player, and when you say a parking lot player, that means you'll play whenever, wherever. So <laughs> we we gonna be ready no matter no matter what time we play. We are gonna be ready. All right, the parking lot pirates will be ready uh, coming up this uh, Saturday late night, and also uh, the following Saturday against the UCF Knights. Jeremy Lewis joining us today on the Pit Electric Live Line. Uh, Jeremy, what's uh, you talk about getting better every single day? What's the uh, what does this Memphis offense look like? What are some of the uh, the keys, the focus? for the uh, Tigers this week? You know, they are fast, physical, great quarterback. Like I said earlier, they, you know, they got good running backs. And, they, you know, they like try to run a, run a bunch of stuff from some kind of trick plays, you know, try to confuse you. So you're not just going to get like, oh, three, three of their best plays. They're going to run this all game if you can't stop it or not. They're going to throw a whole lot of stuff at you. And, you know, Coach Harrell does a great job getting us prepared for the stuff that they run. So, we're going to be ready, and, you know, we just got to do our job, and we'll be successful. Jeremy Lewis coming off four tackles against Tulane and got in the backfield for a sack on Michael Pratt as well uh, for an eight-yard loss. I didn't notice it at the time, Jeremy. Do you have a uh, a sack celebration, or did you, did you go back to the defensive huddle? Right, what would you do? No, I just, <laughs> just, a little, just a little excitement, you know, just a little screaming. <laughs> like my first solo sack of the year, so, you know, I was I – was, I was turned up, you know, trying to trying to keep my self confidence up, you know. But yeah, we got back to the photo and got back third down, so you know, I couldn't celebrate too much. Like, oh. Yeah, 
got to get back. These offenses are fast. Uh, Jeremy, I know we asked you back in uh, August, but who are your favorite pass rushers, past and present, to watch and uh, maybe try to get a few tips from? Who Who do you like watching? Oh, Von Miller most definitely. You know, he's not the biggest, but he's one of the best ever. And then Rashawn Gary, he's pretty. He, I, I really like him the way he the way he prepares for the games, and you know his like I watch study him a lot, and most of the time the stuff he do in practice, he'll go do it in the game as well. So Von Miller, Rashawn Gary, two of my top coming out the edge wise, but you know those guys right there, especially Von Miller, he's such a so so quick and switch. He can do any move he wants. You know, just ghost rush, spin move, bull rush, counter move, anything you want, he can do it. So. I really just like to study Von Miller. Jeremy Lewis joining us today, East Carolina edge rusher, as he uh, is on the Pit Electric Live line here on the Delcor Players Lounge. Jeremy, we'll let you uh, get back to work, man. Thanks for joining us today, and uh, good luck this week. We'll talk to you next Monday. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, there is uh, the former South Central Falcon, Jeremy Lewis, joining us today on Pirate Radio Live inside the Delcor Players Lounge. And as we go to break... Uh, Chandler, who was the great Midwest Offensive Player of the Week this week? What what running back won that award? I'm going to say Darius Penix. From Tiffin University, Darius Penix, 116 yards, 8.9 yards per carry and a touchdown. He's still playing college football. He's still playing college football. Man. Van Wilder. Uh, Darius Penix. So, congrats to Darius. We liked him. Um, good player. Good oh, dude. Oh, absolutely. And uh, what happened to him? Well, he's Mike Houston brought in some studs at running back, and he saw his time uh, on the field might be dwindling, so went uh, for another opportunity. Looks like it's uh, working out for him. At least it did last week, as he is his conference's player of the week. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Hour three, we got Brian Bailey. We've also got Isaiah Winstead joining us on the Delcor Players Lounge. We'll get to those interviews and more when we return. Chad says, love the hat. Thank you guys for being here six days a week. You're welcome, Chad. And thank you for being nice. Kenny says, clip, the commanders will get better. That is not true. And you don't mean that. And you don't believe that. But thank you for saying it, Kenny. I appreciate it. Jerry says, all this positivity reminds me of Jim Rome's famous nice radio segments. Fact! Thank you, uh, everybody, for tuning in and for being kind on this Monday. Take a time out. Come back. BB, Brian Bailey joins us after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Orthopedics East and Sports Medicine has been caring for Pirate Nation and the student-athletes at East Carolina University for more than 35 years and are the official team physicians for ECU. Orthopedics East provides a variety of general and specialized operative and non-operative orthopedic services to meet the needs of the patients in Eastern North Carolina. For more information, call 757-2663 or visit orthoeast.com. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Cliff. 
Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. We were talking about coaches and their comments, and they can't make us feel any better with their comments. And you brought up Ron Rivera and his answer to the question, why have other teams passed Washington in the NFC East? And his one-word response was quarterback. And for a moment, it made me feel okay. But now I've had an opportunity to think about it. He is not saying Carson Wentz has to play better because he went on to say he doesn't regret trading for Wentz. He's happy with Wentz and what he's done. He's saying the other quarterbacks in the division are better. Let's look at those quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts, yeah, he's better. He's awesome. He's MVP caliber this year. The other two quarterbacks he's talking about are Daniel Jones. He sucks. And Cooper Rush threw for 106 passing yards yesterday in an NFL game. Those are the quarterbacks that have bypassed Washington. That's why we're behind because of Daniel Jones and Cooper Rush. I changed my mind. I, that line didn't make me happy. It made me more angry. That, and your quarterback's a former MVP candidate. Shut up, Chandler. I'm just saying. I don't think you're looking I mean, at the I'm positive side of there. things, Clip. What is the positive side of, the, of any of this? No, I, I didn't say there was one. I just said you're not looking at it. <laughs> there isn't one to look at. <laughs> That's why he's not looking at it. I'm just... <laughs> uh, I feel like Adam Gase at the press conference. No, Adam Gase was just... I don't know. He was on something. You know what? That, Daniel Jones and Cooper Rush are the reason Washington's in the dumpster right now. Robert Rivera's like quarterback. Give you me. You got to look at the quarterbacks in this division. Break, man. God, I'm I'm out. I love Ron Rivera, the man, but I'm out on him. He's on my Rob Ryan, Bruce Allen, Dan Snyder list now. My, I hate to say it. Oh no! My like, Dolphins lost to the. Dude. Stinking Jets. Hey, Wonder Who Boy. Did, you don't lose to the Jets. Wonder Boy coach is oh, having man. some issues. He stinks. Just, I saw them run a little trick play on fourth down. A little <sighs> too cute for his britches. Wonder Boy's struggling right now. And Teddy Bridgewater goes down with what looks like a routine tackle in the end zone, and he doesn't come back. Now, I think that's a little bit of an overreaction because of whatever, you know, because of what happened with Tua. However, you, we lost to the Jets, man. Hey, uh, by the way, Clip, if this makes you feel better about Daniel Jones in your division, Chad on Twitter did say that he beat the Titans. Daniel Jones, he said, hey, I'm just saying, but Daniel Jones beat the Titans. Any, think, think about that. Any jack-leg quarterback could beat the Titans. They stink. Uh, Washington had the ball at the two-yard line with a chance to win yesterday. And uh, the Titans stink. They are Titans? nothing... Tannehill sucks. I don't want to hear about the Titans. LZD says, any chance Mason starts at all this season? It looks like they want to redshirt him. I don't know. I have said that if if I was coaching, I would like to see Mason Garcia get some action so he's not making his first big-time start in the big house against Michigan next year. I would like to see him get on the field. It doesn't look like they want to burn his redshirt year. So I don't know. I don't unless Holt Naylor's gets hurt. I don't think he was going to start this year. I don't know. It looks like they want to keep the red shirt on him. There's the answer to that question. Let's get to my Brian Bailey interview from earlier today. Talk to him. Let's hear it right now. 
All right, welcome back into Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. Brian Bailey joining me here inside the Pirate Radio studios. Brian Bailey show coming your way at 6. If you missed it earlier today, had a great show. Talking to a former Pirate player, soon to be Hall of Famer, Marcus Crandall, and also East Carolina coach Roy Tesh. So, two great guests on today's program. BB, uh, great show. How you doing today? Doing great, doing great. Enjoyed it with Coach Tesh. You know, it's always tough after a loss. You know, these guys come on with us, but they always uh, they speak from the hip. They tell you exactly what's going on. So that was good. And then Marcus Crandall, just a class individual. Looking forward to seeing him as he gets inducted into the East Carolina Hall of Fame coming up on Friday night. Bailey, uh, tough loss indeed, and and that was a game that, you know, I, I had circled. I think a lot of people did. You're you're playing one of your peers here. Uh, you know how how good are you? Can you contend for the AAC championship in 2022? And coming out of that game on Saturday, the answer is no, because the Pirates could not knock off Tulane. And I know uh, a lot of players that we talked to today, and uh, Mike Houston, the coaching staff, disappointed with the outcome there on Saturday. Yeah, they were. And you think back to the game, midway through the third quarter, they're down 14-9, and they've got you know great field position. They've got it down to the 24-yard line. Uh, Holton, they, they think, at least in talking to everybody there, that he was late on yep. Josiah Hatfield. Uh, had him open, got him to him a little bit late. The Tulane makes a good play. Uh, number one pass defense in the country. Number nine total defense in the country. And they played like that, especially in that second half. They really played well defensively. They shut East Carolina's offense down in the second half. A lot of points left out there on the field with uh, the, the extra point, a missed field goal, that interception near the red zone. So uh, it did feel like that East Carolina's defense was doing enough. At times it felt like they almost should have been down by more, but they yeah. were in that game uh, but could not get the win. And now – I, I it kind of depending on what you want this season to be saturday was a must win you didn't win it now if you want to get to that six wins bowl eligible this saturday feels like a must win against memphis yeah because you you know not to say that you can't go to byu and win and you can't go to cincinnati and win but you know you're on the road against nationally ranked teams in those games so obviously the cards are stacked against you in those two and you look at the rest of the schedule ucf's going to come to town a week after next uh, Memphis has got a good football team. UCF, I, I just think the Memphises, the UCFs of the world, the Houstons, you know, they're all about the same. And as Coach Houston said it a couple of times, these games are going to come down to who makes the plays and who doesn't. And his Pirates didn't make the plays against Tulane. Yeah, and uh, man, it is frustrating. And I know a lot of folks frustrated after the game. We had a long U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show on Saturday night taking calls and and what's going to change people want to see a change somewhere and I don't know Bailey how how about the the special teams unit Uh, are we going to see the same operation out there this Saturday that we've seen the the past few Saturdays well you know I know fans are frustrated I just don't know my thinking is this if there were a kicker on that pirate football team that was performing better then Owen Daffer in practice, that kicker would be on the field. It's the same thing that when when Holton has a bad game, everybody you know, and the quarterback always gets too much credit or too much blame. But when Holton has a bad game, everybody you know, let's do this with Mason Garcia. Let's do this. If Mason Garcia were playing better than Holton at practice, I think Mason Garcia would be out there. I think Holton would tell you that. So I, I think that you know what we're seeing is is the Pirates putting the best you know players out there that they think can get the job done. It just seems like there's something going on with Murphy's Law or or something bad seems to happen to the 
to the kicking situation because in talking with Coach Houston afterwards, uh, it seemed like the field goal was blocked because the cadence was changed and the offensive line didn't know the cadence was changed. It shouldn't have been changed according to some of the coaches. So, you know, and that's not an excuse. That's just telling you what, what they saw and how they're going to try to correct it. As Roy Tess said earlier on my show, you know, he said, he, he said, what we do, he, he said, what Coach Houston is, he's not a finger pointer. He, he's a thumb point. He, he's t- putting himself, what can we do better? What, what, what can we look at? What do we got to fix? And obviously they got to fix that. And, you know, n- nobody thinks they, that, that it's fixed right now. They've got to continue to work on it to fix it. Yeah. I mean, it is frustrating. It's something that pops up every week uh with this team and special teams right yeah, now. Yeah, it's so. disheartening. And I asked coach Houston that in the on the coaches show. I said when you miss an extra point like that, how much does that take, you know, the air out of the balloon? Yeah. And, and he said obviously because then it's like you're chasing that point the, the whole afternoon long. Yep. You know, you've got that point that you should have had that you didn't get. And, and then an at the points. end of the half you drive down, you, you miss the field goal. That's yeah. a deflation heading into the locker right. room. So yeah. there's four points right there. You said points were left on the field and there's four of them. Man, so uh, yeah, I mean, we're sitting here over halfway, halfway through the season now, saying it still needs to get fixed. I don't think it. I, I got no confidence that it is going to get fixed at this point. Uh, hopefully, I'm wrong. We'll yeah, see. I mean, I, I think you got to continue to work on it, and, and and part of you know, kickers are just an odd, you know variety i mean they they just it's, it's just like if you're a golfer and you start you know the shanks you start thinking about things and, and i don't know how much of that you know we, we haven't talked to owen the whole year as far as the media he hasn't been available uh and, and you hate it for him uh but hopefully they can they got to get it fixed or, or they won't go to a bowl <laughs> yeah or they'll just keep doing yeah. what they've been doing uh brian bailey joining us another uh seven another late game coming up this week and the ucf game announced as a 7 30 kickoff as well so uh and then is that when we have the friday swing after those two all right let me pull up my yeah, schedule we go so, uh, pirates go to byu we're going late games the next four at least then yeah there'll be byu then the then the off week right and then the the game with uh cincinnati friday night yeah back to back fridays yeah. so uh some late kickoff times back to back fridays with the off week in the middle correct yeah yes uh how about the uh, how was the trip overall to hey, it was good i, I mean you know you, you get on it's, it's still it's fascinating to me because I, I've, I've said a thousand times you know we just started traveling with the team last year and I knew the team would always come back after a game, but to see the operation and to see how everybody, you know, that goes, all the buses that get to the game, you get to the stadium, you get off, you know, everybody does their thing, you know, on the way back, I said, it's a, it's a game of beat the clock for, for me trying to get stuff back to channel nine, because once we get on the plane, you can't get anything back. And so that's, that's a big, you know, concern trying to get the information back, the plays back, the, the interviews back is the main thing, because it's a big advantage advantage for us being on the road with them brian bailey joining us talking a little pirate football we'll talk some nfl as well how about man uh, a rough four to five days for dh conley they got a 21 nothing lead over havelock lose that one they got a second half lead uh, as they come back and uh, go on top of rose and then lose that one by a field goal at the end of the game so uh, nate connor's crew was looking at what Bailey? A, a chance to be five and two and feeling really good about themselves. Instead, they're three and four with yeah. two straight uh, back breaking losses. And think about the week, though. I mean, you got to play Havelock on a Monday and then play Rose, your arch rival, on a Friday. And uh, actually, I was in New Orleans and listening to the game on Pirate Radio just to kind of hear how it went down. I listened to the whole second half, and yeah, you hate it. It was a classic game. Yeah. That's, that's great. It's great for Conley football and great for Rose football that they both matter. 
and that's the best part about the rivalry yeah and i feel like rose just looking at results from the past couple years might have the better team currently but good to see in a rivalry game that conley can play that well and man isaiah crumpler his name is brought up the entire two and a half hour broadcast what a player he is and i know ecu's already uh, reached out to him and i'm sure some other uh, big schools will come calling so you hope that uh, we get a hometown discount on that guy you hope so he's really a a very talented player and he's seen what you know the cj johnsons of the world leave common go to east carolina holt nailers so uh, possibly he follows that train or he may you know go on his own route looks like uh former pirate cj wilson's having some success this year yeah north pitt he's turned north pitt around a little bit and he's uh he's really got them believing in themselves and they've played really good football it's good to see north pitt playing well it's good to see farmville central playing well yeah and know. and washington you know perry owens had that wow. thing going and then you got farmville who couldn't win a game a couple years ago and they're you know hammering uh washington so uh i i like i like that there's I don't know if parody, but but it can be done. A coach can kind of change around what's happening at a high And Washington was the preseason pick, weren't they, in that league? Like and them and uh, Wes Craven yeah. up there near the top. Right. So, yeah, that's been I, – I know Washington's been a disappointment all year long. But, uh, yeah, they, it's, it's just good to have some of these teams – you know, we do have some that have struggled. Aiden Griffin really struggled. Uh, yeah, I think their numbers are down, and they, they, they've had a tough time. And pretty soon, Bailey, will be uh, rolling out the ball. Farmville yes, Central, South Central, uh, and a lot of area schools getting ready for some hoops. I saw you last week. Uh, we're talking to the East Carolina basketball team. What, going over some, some media stuff? Yeah, we do we do a little clinic for um, Brian Meador helped me with it. And Macon Rollins, our intern, w- went over. And just to kind of get them in front of the camera for a little bit, let them you know, answer some questions. And, you know, bec- because – until you actually get in front of a camera, you know, you don't realize some things that go on. Like like a lot of guys, you say, you say, well, uh, you know, talk about about your high school. What were your high school days like? Well, the first thing, well, uh, well, I really, you know, so you say, okay, try not to say, oh, try to think about what you want to say, but try not, you know, and once you tell them that, then they, they, they it clicks. But until you get a chance to look at, and that's just one example. We all have crutches. I have crutches and I've been doing it a long time. So there's different things you can work on. And uh, we had a good time. I, I really enjoyed getting a chance to meet some of the guys. I mean, because it's a whole new roster and, and I'm hoping they have great success. I'm a big uh guy and I have to say a lot of words for a long time every right. day. Mike Houston's not an uh guy. He is a, well, I think that. That's what he says before every response to give him that second yep. to think. And that is a great move. And I need to uh, come up with something to say <laughs> to get rid of but the But we uh. all have something like that. And, and it's different for, you know, because you're an interviewer. You know, you interview people and you talk to people. So you can think about, you know, your next question. But whenever you're answering, you have to hear the question. Yeah, you don't know what's coming. Yeah. That's and, true. And we were doing the Coach Houston show early on in the season. And I was asking about something. He goes, man, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know that play in the third? He goes, I know, but I got it. So, so what we decided to do, and Mito does a great job with this now. You know, he sends me now plays that, that he picks out. I pick out some plays that I think are important, and then we, we jot them down, you know, on a piece of paper, and then we show them to coach. Okay, coach, we're going to go over the first half. These are the plays we're going to talk about. So he can get that in his head and kind of yeah. help him out a little bit. And it is complicated. You just finished a, you know, a football game, and, you know, you're trying you to got a million things on your mind exactly. at that point. But, but, yeah, I enjoyed doing the show with him. All right, BB. How about them Cowboys? Can, can you say it one time with some enthusiasm? I just said it. No, no. say it again no, with enthusiasm. No, no, no. 
No, they, I tell you what. Defense travels. Not that they were traveling. They had a home game in L.A. yesterday. Just about. Yeah. But it, it's hard for me to believe when you look at, you know, from week one. And I will say, there's a friend of mine on Twitter who tweeted out the standings after week one. I forget who the guy was. But his Washington commandos mm. were in first place. And my Dallas Cowboys were in last place. Man. Who was the guy that tweeted that out? Do you remember? I don't know. He's probably handsome. No. He's not handsome. I can tell you that. Mm. I know him pretty well. well I don't know. Not that. handsome at all. <laughs> <laughs> but Cliff Brock tweeted that out. He was laughing and carrying on. I'm a sports guy. I, I keep know. people updated with what's happening. Yeah. You were. <laughs> <laughs> you had your commanders in first place, and the Cowboys were in last place. And uh-huh. guess what? Things changed. They did. They, but I tell you what, in all seriousness, Dallas has got the formula if Dak doesn't come back and screw it up. But they're just playing really good defense. And, and the defense, they blocked a punt. How many times do you see in the NFL a defensive lineman go through the middle and block a punt? They did that yesterday. They had a, you know the fumble they picked up and scored to Marcus Lawrence. And they're playing really good defensively. Dallas Michael didn't Carson. have 300 yards. No, they didn't. They didn't do anything. Cooper Rush, 10 of 16, 102 yards. Yeah, I'm so. telling you. Just but play D. Just play great they defense. They got a defensive touchdown. They ran the ball very well, though. Tony Pollard had a great run, 56-yard touchdown run. And uh, But they, if they continue to play – now, when you play the Eagles, you're going to have to figure out a way to score some points or yeah. you're going to lose that game. They score. They, they do. And they're, they're really good. I hate to say it, but they are. Where is that at? Philly. Ooh. Sunday night. Oh, yeah. showdown. Yeah, showdown. So And then that you got the dang Giants out there winning games I in know. London against well, they think the Packers. So I didn't see that coming. Tell you what, that NFC East man, top to bottom, top to bottom, best division in football. At least three of them are. Every team in that division, <laughs> nobody wants a piece of any of those teams. But I was disappointed because I wanted to ask you about you know the, the Commanders coming back like they did and they had a chance to win the game at the end. Coming you, back, you, you, you didn't even coming you back. didn't even talk about it. That, you know, you're, you're what do you want to talk about? <laughs> Carson Wentz threw what? three interceptions in a row and one of them finally counted at the end. Okay, maybe that. <laughs> it was a. It's about what I. Well, I, asked, I, I said that, that last interception would it have been a touchdown if, if it had been complete or was he? Because I think if, if he would have been stopped at the half yard line, what a way to lose a game! Because you got to throw that ball in the end zone, but he didn't get it quite to the end zone. Got picked off. And I asked know. you about it. And you were like, I don't care. I do you want to know my response to that? What do you care? Why does it matter to you? Because I care about you. You don't care about I me. I care about you, man. I mean, Baylor. I care about you. I checked on you in the bathroom a few minutes ago. <laughs> that is true. I was so worried about you. <laughs> oh, dear. It is just so disheartening. And wow. I have found other ways. We've talked about this to enjoy my Sundays. Yeah. I love Red Zone, other games, fantasy football. Went 0-2 yesterday. That's swell. Uh, Survivor Pool, still in that. But uh, it. I, I don't care. I... I I've given up on this year. It's over already, and it is what it is. And I don't want to watch that that team, you that, know, that team lose again. They've gone from the Redskins to the Commandos to that. Nothing team. good can come of it. You you said, oh, I remember we were one in fifteen, and I watched every game. I did. Well, good for you. Well, I did. And I hope you enjoyed it. I, how I you enjoyed it, I don't know. I didn't enjoy well, it. Well, back then, Bailey, we didn't have color TVs. I didn't have <laughs> Red Zone and. uh and Sunday tickets. I'm send your butt back to the toilet. You were stuck with that one game. You had to watch it. Now I have other options. Yes, you do. Other options. And Go right, Braves. Right now I'm a baseball Go Braves. Fan. Yes, you hey, are. Hey, thanks to the Cubs for sweeping the Mets. Yeah. Guess what? There the Mets go. are dead. They're done. 
play the trumpets. They're done. All right. So, well, look, you got a little energy out of me today. Good. Talking some God, I got something out of you. All right. What do we got? Pirates Memphis coming up, Bailey. Got to win this one. Now, uh, Vegas. Vegas says they will. Carolina is a favorite. favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And I think going in ECU's direction. So, yeah. we shall see. I think they'll bounce back. I mean, I, I think they they got the running game. That's the disappointing part of the Tulinga. They got the running game going a little bit. That that was encouraging. And and as we said, fourteen nine ball game in the third quarter. How's uh, Marlon Gunn? Haven't heard anything lately. I, he was just banged up a little bit. I think he probably could have continued to play. I don't think he was you know out any reason because of that but they said he was banged up a little bit and they took him out and didn't want to chance anything but he i tell you what he, he's a good running back camaro hit the field late in the game saw that. him maybe yeah. we get to see more of uh edmonds moving yeah forward. that'd be good to see uh i think he struggled a little bit getting used to these coming away early on in camp is what the word was but i think he's he's coming on a little bit so it'd be good to see him out there too yeah and you might need him uh because it doesn't look like keaton's 100 percent. it didn't look like it down in tulane See, it sounds like it's kind of just a nagging deal, right? Yeah. He's playing through some pain. And those so. are the worst. Yeah. BB, Brian Bailey Show coming up 6 o'clock. If you missed it at noon, great chat with Marcus Crandall and Roy Tesh. And uh, we will talk to you coming up on the Bud Light pregame tailgate live from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium coming up uh, late Saturday afternoon. About 5.30 for our segment, right? Yes, sir. Yep, we'll be uh, there. We'll keep it uh, consistent. Sounds good. Thanks, Bailey. All right, we'll uh, take a break, come back, have more Pirate Radio Live uh, for you here on a Monday. We're back after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Carolina Caliber has the area's largest selection of outdoor shooting sports and accessories and is one of the top firearm dealers anywhere. At Carolina Caliber, they have everything you need for hunting, home defense, and personal protection, including a wide variety for ladies and youth. They will buy, sell, and trade. Carolina Caliber, locally owned and operated since 1960 on Fire Tower Road in Winterville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Players Lounge Monday brought to you by Delcor. Starting to cool off, going to get cold. Uh, make sure your heat is ready to go. Call Delcor 321-8868. Visit DelcorInc.com. Also, cooling and plumbing. The service professionals can take care of it. Uh, we got Isaiah Winstead here in the Players' Lounge. We do have a caller on one who wants to go real quick. This was uh, Joe Shirley in Greensboro. Did I get that right? What's up, Joe? Hey, how you doing, sir? All right. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, I uh, just want to read off a stat. I mean, I'm a diehard ECU fan. And uh, actually, uh, I've been watching you guys for a very, very long time. My sister actually graduated from the school, actually played softball. Um Coming back the other night when uh, after the Navy game, I was listening to you guys online. And basically, um, you know, we're talking about the, the missed uh, overtime kick um, and, you know, how we need to improve in the special teams. I want to go over a couple of stats with you guys if I can. And 
just let you know, because I don't think people, the Pirates, do not know this other guy that's on the team, how good he is. This kicker was a four-time starter at his high school. And the reason I know this, because he was from Winston-Salem, I'm from Greensboro, and he kicked the 50-yard field goals in the playoff against my guys. Um, he was a three-time kicker of the year in the conference. He had he was two-time All-State, 90% touchback ratio in high school, selected as the Carolina Bowl uh, selection and a Shrine Bowl selection, uh, selected MVP uh, player, rather. His, uh, he had over 14,000 yards in kickoffs. Um, this kid had offers from Army, uh, uh, of course, Memphis State, had also a PWO from Mississippi State. We know how good Mississippi State is. Basically told the kid, if you come here, you sit one year uh, with red shirt and work your way on getting a scholarship your second year. And I don't think people at ECU know who this kicker is, but his name is Andrew Conrad. And he is a phenomenal, phenomenal kicker, which I do not see why the Pirates are not giving this guy a chance. Well, look, I definitely don't know about him because he hadn't been on the field. And I, I don't, and we Pirate fans don't know about him because they hadn't seen him. So this is like a, a Mike Houston question. I, I, you know, I don't have an answer yeah. for you. But, but I think, I think uh, you know, for people who are out there who's, who's barking about special teams and stuff, do you really know the players who the East Carolina people are going after? But maybe there is a reason why he's not. He is a true freshman, though. This kid is a true freshman. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe they see some other things in here. But uh, I know for a fact because he put our team out of the playoffs that this kid can kick. Yeah. Well, look, everybody out here barking doesn't see what happens at practice and and day to day. And all we see is what's put on the field. So all we know right now is that Owen Daffer and the the operation has struggled. Mike Houston has said it's not all on the kicker. Well, whatever it is, snapper, holder, guys up front, it's not working right now. But yeah, I've got to say, I'm not familiar with Andrew Conrad. You are because you've seen the guy boom it. So. Maybe we'll see him one day. This kid phenomenal, and hopefully, hopefully this kid will get the opportunity. Because I'm telling you what, he's uh, he's awesome. I'm telling you, this kid this kid can ball. Uh, he's very very athletic. Um, you know, I hate it for day, uh, Owen. I do. Um, like I said, you know, our record does not really show how we are this year because we we should be at least two more wins, and we know that as a pirate fans. But uh, hey, just give this kid an opportunity. I'm telling you, pirate fans. Get to know this kid. This kid is going to be great for East Carolina Pirates. Just saying that. All right. Thank you guys for your show, and uh, appreciate it. All right, Joe. Thanks, man. All right. We'll get to know him when we see him. Uh, but we can't make that call right now. Isaiah Winstead joining us. Uh, you got any scoop on Andrew Conrad for us, Isaiah? I only see who they put in to kick in practice. So All right. I, I wouldn't know. There you go. Isaiah, uh, East Carolina coming off a loss to Tulane. Frustrating, I know. Felt like you could have beat those guys. But uh, you uh, continue to put up numbers, 9 for 90. And uh, Isaiah, I was looking at it overall. You uh, set some goals we asked you before the season. You wanted uh, – you said 1,000 yards was a, a, a floor for you. You wanted at least 1,000. You put the number at 12 touchdowns. Well, right now you're on pace – 
for over 1,100 yards, almost 100 catches. And I, as you know, TD number is going to go up. But uh, as you look at it halfway through, how you feel about uh, you and then I guess also uh, the team at this point in the season? Uh, me personally, I feel like, you know, if I could sacrifice some of those numbers for wins, then I would choose the wins over the numbers. But besides all of that, like with the team and, you know, stuff like that, I, you know, feel good, uh, you know, to make plays for the team and stuff like that. So I just got to keep doing what I do. And whenever the um, opportunity presents itself, just continue to make plays for the team. Talked about it with Holden, uh, with guys on defense. Like it, there was issues everywhere. Holden had a couple picks. Uh, we talked to Xavier about his penalty, and he said that was out of character for him. It won't happen again. And then uh, you know special teams as well. So uh, a lot of different reasons you lost that game against Tulane. What did you? Uh, what did you guys talk about when you met as a team yesterday about it? Looking back on it, like we usually like set like goals, like you know certain stuff like. Uh, before the play penalties, after the play penalties, stuff like that, and we lost in those in that uh, category and stuff like that's you know kind of like how you lose games and stuff you know um, free yards like when you get penalties that's giving them free yards you know I had one too when I had stepped out of bounds and came back in and caught the ball so um, stuff like that you know um, of course offense and defense and basically in all three phases you gotta be on point so. When you're not on point um, in those categories and you have flags and stuff, you know, that's... It's a recipe recipe for... Yeah, yeah. And was that... I didn't see this. I saw people talking about it, like a CJ penalty where, you know, DBs are always, I guess, trying to get under your skin, make you do something. (laughs) Was it a case where... Or it might have been after you got hit, actually. Did CJ kind of stand up for you? He got a a flag for that. Is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, dude should have got called for targeting because the ball had went over my head and I came down. I ain't even how the ball. He came and still hit me, helmet to helmet, and that's when CJ had came and pushed him. Yeah. So you know, it's you know, it's a bad play by CJ, but he's you get it. For his team. He's yeah, taking he's up for his teammate. I probably would have did the same for him. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we see it happen every game. We saw it in the NFL yesterday. Trying to remember what game it was, QB got hit, and you always see these big old linemen come and yeah, take out the guy. Yeah, this game. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, so, one of those things. Uh, Pirates trying to get back in the win column this week against uh, Memphis, and uh, you you looked at their defense at all, man. They're coming off a game they should have won on Friday night. They lost it there at the end. Uh, what do you know about this Tigers team right now? Uh, before I got here, we had a little meeting, and we was going over, um, you know, the scouting report and coverages and stuff like that. I don't want to say too much about their defense because I want them to run the defense that they're going to run. So I don't want them to know anything that, you know, we got going on. So, you know, we just feel confident like we do every week that we're going to make something happen. Uh, Matt says, ask him about uh, running all those gassers in back-to-back two-minute drills. So I guess you were doing a lot of running there late in the game. How's, uh, How's the body holding up there in the fourth quarter? Yeah, it wasn't that bad, but it was hot. And we, uh, we've we been practicing in, like, 60-degree weather right. over the past couple of days. So, And it was, like, 85 out there. So, like, fatigue was kind of kicking in. Though. All right, Isaiah, we'd like to ask you non-football questions, get you to open up with us a little bit. So if y'all can think of any, let me know. I had one. 
I've uh, got you one. You got a football or non-football? It's non-football, um, and it's from your dad. Your dad wanted us to ask you about, I think it was like a nickname that you had in Pop Warner football or Little League football. <laughs> I can't remember. Do you remember? They used to call me Megatron. Megatron. Yeah, the old uh, Calvin. What were you, like, Mawson guys in Little League and stuff? Yeah, I had, like, number 81 when I was first starting in uh, rec football. They used to call me Megatron. All right. I like the 11. Looks good. Yeah, you feel good with 11? That's my favorite number. Yeah, I like that. Uh, what's your uh, all-time favorite cereal? All-time favorite cereal probably is going to be Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I don't even eat cereal no more, though. Yeah, that's a good call, though. Why? Uh, too it's, much sugar or whatever? What? Yeah, it just ain't too good for you. Yeah. You don't do... You don't put a lot of... like. I try not to. Yeah. I you eat clean. To. So like, You what never you? had a soda, right? Yeah, I don't. I ain't drunk soda since like fifth grade. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. So, what's your like? What are you eating tonight for dinner? Um, quesadillas. Okay. Mm. But like, not like like cheese all over and stuff, right? Like a healthy quesadilla. No, nah, it's gonna be. Oh, okay, good. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a cheat day. So have a little something. Like <laughs> so yeah. when you go to a Mexican restaurant. What what is your like go to item on like like me? That's a good I, question. Look, like me, I I do the standard, and that's the ACP. I just get the chicken, rice, and cheese. <laughs> basic B. Um, I'm basic. I like the burrito tacos. You mm-hmm. know about them? Yeah. You you dip them. The burrito the tacos. Burrito tacos. Burrito. Burrito. Yeah. No, I don't. What are you burrito. dipping it in? You dipping it in some. Some. Some kind of sauce, like yeah, a, maybe some a cheese sauce, cheese sauce like or something, or salsa. Uh, runny, it's like a runny, like watery kind of sauce. It ain't. Oh, okay. Uh, like a salsa, you. like a yeah, okay. something like that. All right. You like mm. spicy food? Yeah. 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 My wife kind of got me on fajitas. She goes fajitas every time, and now I've started to enjoy those. Fajitas, definitely. It's like a whole too. meal if you want it to be, or you can wrap it up in the uh, in the burrito. Yeah, they got like taco salads and stuff. I be getting that too. I like the taco salad. All right. Uh, good question. Oh, uh, who's your? Uh, do you have a favorite superhero? Do you watch those movies, Marvel movies, or anything? Yeah. Who's your um, favorite? I probably don't got a favorite superhero. <laughs> if you if you could get maybe we've asked you this before in the past, but if you could have one superpower, what would the superpower be? Like if you like, what superpower are you going to utilize the most and take advantage of the most? Like it depends. Like, do I still play football? <laughs> yeah, I love, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're still a football still player here. Football, I have uh, super speed. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, that'd be pretty yeah. easy. Throw a screen, watch them go. Yeah. How about off the field though? Like, you could still be super fast, get off everywhere. Off the field, yeah. I'll probably, uh, probably to be invisible. Okay. All right. Uh, stupid question, Chad, but I'll ask it. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Wow. Isaiah, you can't be right on everything, and you're wrong on this one. A hot dog's not a sandwich. A sandwich has two pieces of bread. Hot dog's got one bun. What is your answer to that, Chandler? I mean, well, the thing initially, no, it's not a sandwich. But if you break that bun in half and you put it like that, right? Then that's a sandwich. That's fine, but that's not how. But, it, that's, but that's not how a lot right, of people eat their right. hot dogs. Is a taco a sandwich? No, that's a good question. Because the taco shells like a more bun. Like, that's more like but a that's wrap. Not, that's not bread, though. 
It's British. That ain't bread. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, taco's definitely not a, a sandwich. Okay. All right. Look, this debate will go on forever. We'll never have an answer, a real answer for it. Uh, Matt says, you just asked a high-level athlete why he doesn't eat cinnamon toast crunch anymore. <laughs> yeah, pretty self-explanatory, I guess. And I guess he knows those uh, tacos you're talking about. Is a cheesesteak a sandwich? Yes. Yeah. A cheesesteak? Yeah. How could it not be? I guess he's saying if it's like one piece of bread. Like in Philly, I'm pretty sure that it's like a one piece of bread where you kind of can fold it but over. But it still feels like there's a um, there's a top and a bottom to it. Though. Right, though. So really a hot dog is a sandwich then. There's a bottom. Where's the top? I mean, you eating it literally the same way as a, top, um, as a um, hot dog. <laughs> this is why I like to ask him non-football questions, because he really gets into yes, it. Yes, I know. All right, man. Hot dog's a sandwich. I bet you don't eat hot dogs. No. Yeah. If you were to eat a hot dog, what would be on your hot dog? What would you put on it? Um, Mustard. Um, I don't eat ketchup on anything except fries. Yeah, that's fair. I don't, I don't like ketchup on nothing else besides fries. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, I'll get it on a burger or a dog, but yeah, fries. But you, uh, so you like mustard? You, uh, but you, uh, we found out you don't like ranch or blue cheese. No, you don't mess with that. All right, we're learning a lot about Isaiah Winstead here. Um, I was gonna save this, but while while we're here, we'll ask you, uh, ask the guys later this month, uh, Halloween season. Do you have like an all time favorite Halloween costume that you wore? Like growing up? Mm, nah, I think the most I wore was like a scream mask. Oh, okay. That's about it. I probably, yeah, I probably wore the scream costume before as a. As like a the kid. whole thing? Yeah. Did you like those movies? Yeah. Yeah, those were good movies. Uh, Robert says, who's your favorite NBA player? Man. You say you don't watch it that much, yeah, do you? I guess LeBron cool. <laughs> All right. Can't go wrong with him, I guess. LeBron. Uh, oh, yeah, because we asked you the best dunker of all time. And uh, I said Vince was the answer. You kind of you went Vince. You went who else? Uh, who I said? I think I said uh, Zach Levine. You talked about yeah, Levine. Yeah, Zach Levine. Yeah. All right. If y'all got any questions for Isaiah, let us know. And we'll get them in here in the next couple minutes. Uh, so getting ready for homecoming. You get the, How you like those jerseys you guys will be wearing this week? They tough. Yeah. It's right Have you heard about the white helmet curse? I knew you was about to say. That. <laughs> I don't care. I think I like the white helmets. I think if if y'all were wearing a purple helmet, we still would have missed field goals and thrown interceptions. I don't think it matters that much. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't feel like it. Yeah. Determine how we play. Did we have what color helmets we had against Navy? White. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> But, hey, hey, go out and win in white this week, right? For sure. That's all you can do. Uh, go beat Memphis. Chandler, you got anything? Uh, I'm looking up some weird would-you-rather questions, so when I find a good one. Oh, boy. Oh, somebody said we should ask him the uh, – we asked you the third-grader one. There was one about would you rather fight uh, one gorilla-sized chicken or eight chicken-sized gorillas? So you got one giant chicken or eight chicken-sized gorillas. Which one would you rather fight? Yeah. Can they jump? Yeah, they're like jumping all around and stuff. But you could kick them. They're strong though. It's like, I mean, they're not as strong as a 
actual full-size gorilla, but like they still probably got some strength to them. I guess all that eight combined. The size of a gorilla, though, that's with that beak. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm gonna have to go with the gorillas. And them, uh, yeah, you could like kick a couple of them, fight a couple yeah. off, you'd be all right. All right, good answer. Would you rather? Thanks right. for thinking that through, Isaiah. <laughs> Would you rather listen to an annoying laugh for a whole day or get tickled for one hour? Jesus. Annoying laugh. Okay. Annoying laughs be funny, though. <laughs> well, not after the first hour. Yeah. But then again, you But then if you, get t- if you get tickled for one hour, that could turn into pain. That yeah, could, like, you eat. might lose your breath for real. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like a dangerous situation. Great question, Chandler. Aren't you glad you do this every Monday, Isaiah? Yeah, it's got to be the highlight of your week, man. <laughs> you just look forward to it every week, coming I, in and answering these stupid questions. Here's a good one. Would you rather your only mode of transportation be a donkey or a giraffe? Mm. A giraffe, that, that's going to be tough to get up there. Yeah, a, but... A, don- a donkey. Because what if you fall out the giraffe? That's it, a good it, point. It's a long fall. Yeah, I don't want to fall. I wonder what the speed of a donkey is. Let's we'll see how fast. Oh, did you see the other day? They compared Keaton the to an yeah. African yeah. elephant. Yeah. Does an African elephant really go up to 25 miles per hour? Are you saying they lied uh, to us? I feel like I don't believe that. I mean, <laughs> tw- you're talking about 25 miles per hour, an elephant. Man. Let's see how fast a giraffe is. Ooh, giraffes can get up to 37. You'd be booking wonder if they got uh, donkey speed here real quick. Let's see. Oh, 15, yeah. but safety first. I'm going 15. Yeah, just chilling, just cruising. Yeah, yeah. Creeping Cruise. on a donkey. That'd be a good uh, rap song, Creeping on the Donkey. Probably slow. Yeah. Yeah. You're cool with that, right? Chilling, yeah. yeah. Get on my phone. All right, get one more, Chandler. Would you rather be able to shrink down to the size of an ant or grow to the size of a skyscraper? Mm, good question. Um, skyscraper. I don't want to get stepped on. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you don't want to get stepped on, right? Yeah, stepped on. yeah. And there ain't nobody. And then it's also like you you can't get as an ant to get from like say here to the. Oh, it take you forever. Take you forever. Yeah. So if you're a skyscraper, you could probably take five steps and be in you know yeah. Wilson. And there ain't nobody gonna see you if you're an ant. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Isaiah, we uh, tackled the important questions today. Thank you for answering, as always. Uh, Good luck this week against Memphis, and uh, we'll talk to you next Monday, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, All right, Shirley, we got to give away a gift card to AJ's, right? Open up the booty bag. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right, 317-1250, what call are you looking for? I'm going to go with caller five. All right, caller five will give away a $10 gift card to AJ's. Coming up this Wednesday, pardon me, this Thursday, starting at 530 They'll have food and drink specials. A $10 donation will get you this cool PBP or per, 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 per shirt. Money raised goes to the Humane Society of Eastern Carolina. This cool PBR shirt. So $10 donation Thursday, AJ's. And you can get a gift card to AJ's right now. 317-1250. We're back after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To get the business services that are right for your business today, contact the team of experienced local bankers at First Bank. The team includes bankers you can trust, like Ashley Capps, Lee Watson, uh, Bonner Latham, Chris Richards, Josh Hooten, and Heath Nesbitt. First Bank, together with their customers, are creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. First Bank on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. And congratulations to Rick Cantor of Greenville, who picked up a $10 gift card courtesy of AJ's, and he could take that gift card. Uh, to AJ's on Thursday for PBR Pirates and Puppies that's coming up this Thursday at 5.30 food and drink specials you can also catch uh, the Thursday night NFL game a $10 donation or more gets you a PBR t-shirt and all the money that is going to be raised on Thursday afternoon will go to the Humane Society of Eastern North Carolina. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Alright, thank you Shirley Rhodes Chan Man, CJ, the whole crew here at Pirate Radio. We'll be back with you Tuesday, 3 o'clock, for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live, where I talk to former Pirate Willie Smith, current Pirate Rajay Harris, and watch Braves playoff baseball. So, it could be a stressful or fun day. Looking forward to being with you tomorrow, 3 o'clock. We'll talk to you then. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.